Hello, sister. Hello, sister. Welcome back to A Blade I Think of Rosewood. I'm Haley. And I'm Morgan. If we maybe sound different, it's because we've had a harrowing day. Yeah. It's been rough. And I actually think we should be applauded for the bravery that we've shown by continuing and recording this today. Yeah, it's it's a testament to our dedication. Long story short, we went to Trader Joe's in New York City. This is going to sound like the least harrowing <laughs> thing ever. <laughs> but if you've been to a Trader Joe's in New York City... It was just a particularly rough trip to Trader Joe's. It was so crowded. It's like a holiday. It's like, it's December, you know? And I feel like everything is more crazy in December. Yeah. It was just a, it was a journey. Yeah. But we won't talk about that too long because we actually do have a lot to get through. Yeah. I was going to maybe ask you to cut my hair after this, but I don't have it in me anymore after I don't think trip. I could. No. Another time. Yeah. So this week's episode is all about very special episodes. Pretty Little Liars has a number of them. They tend to come at sort of the like mid-season hiatus. When they take their holiday break. Yeah. Or usually, usually I guess it's, they come back because they like end in the summer and then they would do like an October like Halloween thing or they would do like right. the December uh, Christmas thing and in honor of that we're also going to be taking a little bit of a hiatus uh, <laughs> we're going to be taking our own winter break yes we're, we w- we're thinking like the rest of December and then we'll come back mid-January, mid-January. so the next episode you know, we we want to give ourselves some time to kind of, like, prep and record a bunch of episodes. And also, you know, it's just Christmas and traveling and stuff. So January 16th will yeah. be the next episode after this and, one. And hopefully you'll all return. Yeah, hopefully we this don't lose the- what little audience we've managed to build. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, look, this is how you get burnt out on influencing. You think it's you true. can't take a break without losing everything. Yeah, and as you know, we are influencers. We are yeah. And what's below a micro influencer? Nano. Nano influencers. There <laughs> That's you go. That's what we are. Yeah. We have gotten a couple of emails. Yes. Which thank has you, been thank you, thank you. thrilling and really made our week. <laughs> yeah. We really love Keep but, them coming. We love the yes. emails. Um, so yeah. And thank you to the people that have emailed. It was so lovely to hear from people that actually yeah. listen to the podcast. Yeah. Sorry that we immediately rewarded that by going to every other week <laughs> as soon as we got interaction. Yeah. Uh, That's really what we were t- really wanted some validation. I yeah. Guess. Yeah. Uh, um, but anyways, as we said, this week's episode, we're all we're talking about all the very special episodes, which I think five. We're yes. covering five and we'll get to that. But basically the, to define what a very special episode is. Yeah. It is an episode that is either themed after some some sort of, well, I mean, holiday, really, right? Like Typically an, a holiday, but we have one that is not. Yes. But it's just, but, like, it's not your normal episode. Or, so that's what I'm saying, it's either themed after, like, a holiday, or it's a, it's a genre departure, I think. Yeah. That's what, that's what constitutes a very special episode. Yeah. So like this is so Pretty Little Liars doesn't have a musical episode, right? But like right. that would be an example of a very special episode, exactly of a, of a TV show, right? So Could you imagine a Pretty Little Liars musical? I would love it. Yeah, I it would, would be too. so good. I mean, I would take any episode of Pretty Little Liars. Yeah, but before we get into the episodes, I did a little. I 
inspiration struck as I was preparing and taking my notes for this. I love when there's a surprise for and, me. <laughs> and um, it, you know, I was looking on the fandom wiki, doing some fact checking as I do, and I stumbled upon this section and I was like, we have to talk about this. And, you know, luckily, I feel like this is actually the perfect episode to talk about it. And it is the Pretty Little Liars hashtags. Which is frequent, and the reason I think this is the appropriate time to talk about it is because a lot of these, ep- like every single one of the episodes we're talking about, had hashtags. Yeah, I mean that could and, be. I mean every Pretty Little Liars, they were but con- no, no, you would be surprised. They were no. constantly putting you hashtags thought, up you, on the screen. It felt that way, but as I mean, and again, maybe the fandom wiki isn't one hundred percent comprehensive, but this like covers the big stuff typically. Mm-hmm. So okay, a little fun thing trivia if you will the hashtags don't start until season two end of season two i mean that makes sense i'm not surprised by that yeah it I starts mean, we already had a microsoft kin in the first episode of this show yeah i don't know that hashtag it's my kin i can add is... you to my circle yeah anyways um and the first hashtag is in 222 uh unmasked just hashtag a day yeah, which I think which is of great. Course, like, yeah, that that is the time to debut the hashtag. Agreed. Um, but then they really pick up, and we get to a point where it's like, whoa, chill with the hashtags. Yeah. So I have a list though of all of the hashtags according to the fandom wiki. Um. So in season three, we have four hashtags that appear over the course of the season. Mm-hmm. In the first episode, we have hashtag a game. It happened that night. That's you know. It's a bad one. It's not great. They they get to it. Oh, one thing to also note, if there is an A in these hashtags, you should just be thinking that's capitalized. Yeah. Always capitalized. So so yeah, so the first one in season three is A game. And then in The Lady Killer, which is when uh Emily kills Lyndon B. Johnson. Lyndon James. Yeah. Lyndon James. Not Lyndon B. Johnson, but for whatever reason. That's just, like, what the first name that comes yeah, to mind. probably because they're both named Lyndon. Yeah. Which is, um, those are the only two times I've ever heard the name Lyndon. Yeah. And that hashtag is the betrayal, A being capitalized. Um, the first A. Yeah, it's always the first. No, it's actually the second A. The second A in betrayal? It, you're right. It is a departure from the typical. It is int- do you think they have, like, a style guide? I 100% believe they about- do. Looking at these, yes. I love that. I want to yeah. see that style guide. I agree. So then in She's Better Now, Mona's back. And I love that. Interestingly, style. no hashtag for Halloween Train. Interesting. That could be incorrect. This makes me actually question the fandom wiki. Yeah. But anyways, in She's Better Now, 314, PLL Revelation. That's the hashtag? Yeah, it's not great. Then in 324, PLL Redcoat. Red Okay. Okay. Um, season four, I feel like, is when they really hit their stride. <laughs> in the first episode, we have Liars Unite. Uh, that's an A is for A-L-I-V-E. Then in 412, we have World War A. That's great. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Then in 413, one that we're going to actually be talking about today, there's just Ezra. <laughs> I love that. And the A is capitalized. Yes. Of course. <laughs> um, then in 414, the very next episode, Who's in the Box, we have Ezra is Everywhere. 
<laughs> I hate that actually. Yeah. <laughs> then what? then in Shadow Play 419, we have PLL Black and White. Then in 424, Allie Tells All. This is an AS for answers, which I think works. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna try and keep this keep going. Cause there's a lot. <laughs> Season five. Uh, episode one, Escape from New York, hashtag who shot Ezra. Ezra's the only character other than Allie to get his name. Yeah. In a, in a, <laughs> look, <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> the kids were down bad for Ezra. <laughs> we really were. And we were one of them. Um, so five, one, we have two hashtags who shot Ezra and is Ezra alive? Then in 512, is Ezra alive was the hashtag. <laughs> yeah. I want to workshop real quick some better hashtags for that. Uh, I I think we should have hashtagged it just dead Ezra. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Obviously yeah. he doesn't end up dying, but yeah. I think that would have gotten more attention. Agreed. Um, then in the, in the mid-season finale, we have 512. We have Fatal Finale. Of course, the first A is capitalized. Mm-hmm. Then in 513, which is also one we'll be talking about, how to, how how the A stole Christmas. Hashtag PLL Christmas. That's I didn't really. Solid. Yeah. yeah. Um, 514 through a glass darkly. Hashtag no escape. I'm trying to remember what happens in that episode and what that. I don't know. We don't have time. I, anyways. Um, five twenty-five season finale. Hashtag big A reveal. Welcome to the dollhouse. Meanwhile, there was no big A reveal. No, what, that what, didn't happen. Was the whole hashtag big A reveal? Welcome to the dollhouse. No, no, no. That, that's oh, two sorry. separate hashtags. No, no, sorry. The episode okay. is welcome to the dollhouse. Oh, which the hashtag have... is hashtag big A reveal. Okay, hashtag welcome to the dollhouse would have been, been great. iconic. Yeah, would have been great. I would have, I would love that. Or hashtag, if you wanted to keep it shorter, hashtag PLL dollhouse. Yeah. Hashtag dollhouse. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, moving on to season six. Guys. Season six, we don't have very many. Sorry, I'm just having one of those moments where I'm just overcome with how incredible the dollhouse was. Yeah, we all have them. We gotta, we're, we're gonna, I think we're gonna do a doll-themed yeah. episode, and I yeah. think that that's maybe where we talk some more about the dollhouse. Yeah. Okay. Um, season six, they really chilled out on the hashtags. Uh, yeah. There's only four. And in, se- in the first episode, hashtag Summer of Answers. I remember that. Yeah. I remember the promise of the Summer of Answers. I do remember. And what, what, what year was that? What did we get? Well, I mean, we did. I think season five was 2014, was it not? No, but this is season six. Oh, this is season six. So this would have been like 2015, presumably. Yeah, so we did get answers. Yeah. In that summer. That was the summer of answers. That was the summer of answers they delivered. So what we're saying is summer 2016 was the summer of answers? No, it would have been 2015. Oh, sorry. Summer 2015 was the summer of answers. Yeah. Summer of 2016 was the summer of Pokemon Go, as we know. Yeah. Um, Yeah, you You can't have... No one summer could hold both the answers and Pokemon Go. No. And an election. No. Season 6, episode 10, Game Over Charles. Hashtag face to face then uh season six episode 11 of late i think of rosewood of which the pod is named after titular episode of this podcast uh hashtag five years forward straightforward i like it 
620, which is the season finale. Hush, hush, sweet liars. Hashtag twin on PLL. Twin on PLL. Yeah. Yeah, the face you're making right now is... Okay. Yeah. Twit. And is this, is this referring to the Mary Drake? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But back in, se- in season seven, we're back to the hashtags, guys. Oh, good. <laughs> There's a lot more. Uh, episode one, TikTok bitches. Hashtag save Hannah. Episode two, bedlam. Hashtag PLL squad. Episode three, <laughs> we're going like every episode, every episode so far. Has a episode three, the talented Mr. Rollins has the hashtag save Allie. Um, episode five. Sorry, in- did we get have save Hannah and save Allie? Yeah, I so forgot. Hannah freebie. also gets her name. Yeah. Uh, then in episodes five and six of season seven, along came Mary and wanted dead or alive. We get hashtag PLL proposal. Then in the darkest night, season seven, episode ten, hashtag PLL death trap. Then in I love that. Yeah, that is actually really good. Um, Then in Playtime, which is season seven, episode 11, and then they kind of use this for the rest of the 7B, um, is PLL Endgame. Mm -hmm. And then in Till Death Do Us Part, 720, hashtag PLL Game Over. I like that. Anyways, there's 28 total hashtags. Typically, if the A, typically it's the first A that's capitalized. Season seven, no A's are capitalized. Yeah. Unless it's like Allie, but, um, anyways, I thought that was fun. Yeah. The hashtags were fun and sometimes really dumb. A lot of the episode titles, I would Is Ezra dead? (laughs) Is Ezra dead? I, a lot of the episode titles, I feel like um, would have made better hashtags. I agree. I mean, the episode titles are pretty long. Some of them are, but some of them, like, Welcome to the Dollhouse, TikTok Bitches. Yeah. I think, like, those would be such solid. But, like, they can't probably put bitches in a hashtag. That's a good point. <laughs> That's a fair <laughs> For whatever reason, point. they could put it in the episode title, but yeah. not on the hashtag. Pretty Little Liars was really towing a line with their use of bitches. Yeah. They total expertly. That is so, so expertly. So, let's get into the episode recaps. Um, we're and gonna, these, I mean, these won't be full recaps. No, these are not going to yeah. be full recaps. We're going to kind of go quickly through yeah. the major plot points. Yeah. Look, we, I, I feel like we've probably said it before. This is a master's level course. If, you, if you've not seen Pretty Little Liars a couple times, you might yeah. be a little lost. But we're going to do a bit of recap to like, help place you in time. And, okay. Yeah, so we'll go through these like chronologically. Yeah. Uh, starting with the first secret the first secret 213 written by I Marlin King directed by Dana Gonzalez aired October 19th 2011 that's your birthday not 2011 but I mean no yeah guys I was not born in 2011 <laughs> <laughs> but that's fun I didn't yeah. know that uh, happy birthday to you yeah it was I do I do really love this episode yeah and this I, is the first this begins the Halloween episode mm-hmm. phenomenon yeah to kind of hit it get us in the like where we are in time we're going to talk about kind of mm-hmm. what's going on with each of the liars so first i just have aria yeah. alphabetical yeah and this this episode as you probably remember is unique in the sense that it's the only episode that takes place 
fully in the past before Allie's disappearance. Yeah. It's an episode long flashback, essentially. Um, Which is fun. Yeah. Um, It takes place the Halloween of their freshman year of high school. Yep. So what's going on with Aria in this episode is she discovers Byron's affair. Yeah. And with Allie, which is actually, we, it's interesting because we see that scene of them discovering the affair, which we also see in the pilot, but like that pilot wasn't shot on the WB backlot. So it looks quite different than kind of the rest of the stuff that we're seeing, but um, I still love it. Uh, and yeah, Allie's with her and kind of uses that to control Aria. This whole episode is kind of like a deep character study. It's yeah. fascinating. And you really get insight into Arya's daddy issues. Mm-hmm. And I need everyone to go and watch the scene where Byron and Arya talk about this affair. It is the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. She... Wow. We've <laughs> seen we her. <laughs> She comes out, his, this, like, 14, she, she couldn't even be 13 at this point. It depends, I think, yeah. on when her birthday lands. Anyways, this 14-year-old girl finds, catches her dad having an affair, comes home. He's in, he, he's in her bedroom. Yeah. Looking through, like, baby pictures. It comes off it's as super so manipulative. manipulative. It's so manipulative. And he tells her. It's just, it's so gross. Like, as an adult, imagining doing this to a child when, like, he knows that he's manipulating her. Like, this is not, this is a desperate man trying to save his relationship, and he is manipulating the hell out of his daughter to do it. We're seeing a performance. Yeah. He tells her, what you saw was the end of something, not the start of something, which may be worse, but also was clearly not true. Like, that Mm -hmm. was not, like, a breakup. They were laughing and kissing in his car. Yeah. It might be over now because he got caught, but, like, he's making her think that he was, he was breaking it off anyways. Mm -hmm. Uh, Which is obviously just a manipulative lie. And then he goes on about, like, all I'm worried about now is your mom. I just want to protect your mom. Mm -hmm. And Which both is such bullshit. It's like, you were the one cheating on her. But it also then makes it seem like almost like he's protecting Ella from Arya, from Arya telling her the truth. That like if Arya were to tell her mom the truth, she yeah. would be the she would be the one hurting her mom, not Byron. Right. Yeah. No, it's absolutely And it just makes so much so much sense that like Arya is so into these like manipulative older men. Yeah, I mean she's yeah, it's daddy issues. She's got some major daddy issues. Also, uh, with Aria, her fashion. We talked about her fashion her in this fashion episode. In this the episode, fashion episode is out of control. Insane. It is so insane. Go look up a picture. Yeah, uh, we we can't, we can't talk about it all. <laughs> we can't go down that yeah that road again. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So next layer. Let's talk about Spencer. In this episode, Spencer is running for class president. And she's like nervous if she's gonna win um and basically long story short Allie rigs the election for her to win mm-hmm. or so we're told yeah that's and what I this is what I, I want to talk about <laughs> because bullshit do we actually bullshit. think that she rigged it no. I don't think she did no because 
there's a couple of things. One, I think it's so like an alley like tactic to manipulate Spencer and make Spencer feel like indebted to her. Mm-hmm. Um, she says she only won by like two votes, or she she only won, or they they announced that she only won by two votes, which mm-hmm. is interesting that they announced that. Yeah. But anyways, and then Allie gives her these two votes at the Halloween party later. And, like, they burn them. Yeah, but, like, she didn't look at that them. Allie gave these to her when she was standing in front of a fire. Exactly. Those were empty envelopes, like, I, guarantee I agree. It. But then, also, she says to her, she says, you'd be surprised by who your, fr- who your real friends are, or something along She'd those be, lines. She says, you'd be surprised who your friends aren't. Oh, right. Which and is kind of, like, and, you know, and, and kind of. We see Hannah and I think one of the other She kind of glances wires. back yeah. into the house where Emily and Aria, or sorry, Hannah and Aria and maybe Emily, It's you can't really tell, yeah. but definitely Hannah and Aria are dancing. And that line itself is what proves to me that this was, she did not actually rig it. Because mm-hmm. you're telling me that Rosewood had a non-anonymous election? Yeah, like people were putting their they names were, It was like, things? Hannah Marin votes for not Spencer? That and that tells me that, like, oh, like Ali is just using this to manipulate Spencer. And yeah. like, well, and here's the other thing, and this uh, I'll talk about this more when we talk specifically about Ali and like what this episode reveals about her psychology and mm-hmm. what she's doing. But Allison Spencer running for class president is a bit of like Spencer stepping out of line a little bit with that. Like, that's kind of some main character shit, and that's not mm-hmm. what she's supposed to be doing. So for Ali. She can only, Spencer can only be class president if Allie gives it to her. Yeah. Because she wants these girls to feel as though everything that they have, every ounce of popularity, every friend that they have is because of her. Mm-hmm. And so I think probably Spencer was going to win. Whether Allie actually knows somebody on the election committee or whatever, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So whether she had inside knowledge about it, I don't know. But I definitely don't think she rigged the election. No. I think Spencer was always going to win. And she, in order to, control spencer right she makes spencer think that she gave it to her so spencer Mm -hmm. will always continue to feel inadequate like she doesn't deserve it allison gave this to her just like she gives her everything yeah and i think also the the way that she after spencer throws it in the fire and she's like i i was surprised you didn't look at them first right like i think in a in a way that's meant to suggest it's it's almost an extra dig at Spencer. It's like, you don't even really believe in yourself. Like you, mm-hmm. it, it's so manipulative. Yeah. It's, no, it's incredible. Allie's in top She's form. Top form in this episode. Um, Two other Spencer, like observations I made in this episode. One is, it seems like her and Melissa's relationship is in like yes. a really solid place. Like there's, there seems to be some admiration, friendliness, openness that they have with one another. I mean, I think there's still the undercurrent of, like, competition. A little bit. But, but like, Melissa seems to be genuinely supportive and complimentary. Mm-hmm. And, like, Spencer seems to be genuinely sort of in awe of her big sister. Yeah. And, interestingly, Allie is trying to convince Spencer that Melissa has ulterior motives. She's not being really sincere. She wants to see Spencer fail. Allie's really reinforcing this idea that they're in competition and that, like, Melissa's out to get her Mm -hmm. because Allie is into Ian. Yeah. Allie's trying to sabotage Melissa. And I wonder, was 
because Spencer does not seem to be dealing with any substance use issues in this episode. And this is early on their freshman year. Mm -hmm. So maybe it wasn't. I just wasn't yet. I wonder if this, if Allie sort of poisoning her against Melissa, making her feel like she's in competition with Melissa in Mm -hmm. this way, contributes to, you know, over the course of their, because it must happen over the course of their freshman year that Spencer becomes addicted to pills because obviously in the summer she is and it would be weird to start an addiction in the summer when she doesn't have schoolwork. yeah famously addictions can't start in the yeah. summer certain schools out yeah certainly not like adderall addiction <laughs> no, exactly yeah no, i know what you're saying no, but like so i just wonder if part of what Allie is doing over the course of this school year mm-hmm. sort of undermining her relationship with melissa making her feel like she's in competition contributes to her to, and the fact that she's like class president but doesn't feel like she deserves it and like I just think that while I don't think that Veronica and Peter are off the hook for the for like the way that they've yeah. raised them and everything, but like I wonder to what extent Allison's behavior is also somewhat responsible for Spencer's addiction. Yeah. I agree. I have the one other observation yeah. I made was Spencer's doing some really interesting prop work with these glasses that she has. Like she keeps on she has these like big, thick framed glasses. Spencer does? Yeah. I didn't notice this. and but she's using them like someone who's like farsighted, right? Like yeah. she's using them when she's like doing, you know, working on schoolwork and stuff like that. But then, like when you know Allie comes into the kitchen and they're talking, she like takes them off. Yeah, which, and, is, which is really confusing. Not and generally how glasses for teenagers work. No, <laughs> no, generally, yeah. Anyways, yeah. Uh, so. The other thing that I had was just um, the way that Spencer is so excited to tell everybody facts about Mary, Queen of Scots, and nobody gives a shit really resonated with me. <laughs> I just felt like that was me as a teenager. I would be so excited about something, you know, and I yeah, love to that's... do, like, did you know? Yeah, no, I you're, find it so you're not exciting. wrong. You're not wrong. People didn't find it as exciting as I did. <laughs> Rude. Um, okay, let's move on to Hannah, because we're going to get to the yes. costumes later. But Hannah, um, Ashley gets drunk and is driven home by Wilden. Hannah's, you know, dad has left recently, it seems, mm-hmm. and they're kind of, like, adjusting to this new life. Is there anything else major going on with Hannah in this episode? I didn't have many notes. The Wilden stuff. Yeah. Yeah, she wasn't... Hannah is the one that, I think, in the flashbacks feels the most like a child. Mm-hmm. Although I will say one thing that I thought was also like interesting was the fact that when Allie gets her first like a text in like the costume shop, she calls Hannah and mm-hmm. she's like, Hannah, were you at the costume shop today? Did you send me a text? We don't see her ask that of any of the other yeah, girls. That's true. She something about like, and she, you know why? Hannah's the first one she thought of. It's because she treats her the worst. Yes. Because that was my other note. I, and I know we've said this and talked about this before, but yeah, Allie does not speak to Hannah directly. Unless she is calling her fat. Yep. 100%. Like, she'll address Hannah with the group. Yeah. yeah. But if she's speaking directly to Hannah, you better believe she is making her feel bad about her weight. Yeah. And I guess I had this in, my in like, the the alley section a bit, but um, there there is a point in this episode where... They they see the like burlap baby out the window. They're all like in Spencer's room, and 
they're like scared and then the doorbell rings and they're like oh it's probably the pizza but they don't want to go down because they just saw like a person mm-hmm. staring at them through the window and spencer's like i don't want to go down alone and emily is like oh well, like i'll come with you and then hannah's like yeah i'll come with you too i'm hungry and as they walk away hannah oh, i think yeah, out I of earshot Allie, Allie just says yeah of course yeah <laughs> I know it's insane. the way that Allie never misses an opportunity to no. make a fat joke is crazy. It's 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 her, dedication. It, that's honestly. what I was gonna say. It's dedication. Um, okay, let's move on to Emily. Emily, we see some like friendliness with between Emily and Toby when he's like he's helping what we know now is Jenna and her mother move into the house. Mm-hmm. So there's kind of like that conversation, and the reason I call this out is because we do learn at that point that Toby's mom died a year ago like last week or something he says that Mm -hmm. um which i think is just like helps put us in a place in time with all the other things that happens with mary and kavanaugh anyways it's also quite fast to remarry after your wife gets institutionalized and commits suicide i'm just saying no it is a pretty traumatic way to lose your your partner and look everyone deals with grief in their own way just seems fast that's all i'm saying yeah i will agree um, and then the other thing that's going on with Emily is you really see a lot of like the closet, right? Like mm-hmm. she, they're at the, there's this one scene where they're at the lunch table and apparently Ben's telling everyone that they, all of his friends that they slept together and Emily kind of like tells everybody that they did. Yeah. She's like, mm, we did. Yeah. And then we find out later they didn't, but like yeah, you she tells, t- she tells Allie that they didn't, yeah. which I think it, she doesn't want Allie to think that right. she slept with him but like i think that like it's such a like closeted thing to do to be like mm, i like yeah it's not the worst thing in the world if everyone thinks that I. Have yeah exactly this like yeah. this is great <laughs> but, yeah um uh, yeah the other like it's interesting Allie kind of Allie's Allie's mostly sort of needling is, is kind of what i've been calling it mm-hmm. Uh, she's mostly needling aria and spencer with their secrets in this episode mm-hmm. and she doesn't really like there's she does like her general flirting and everything with emily that's like clearly manipulative and all that but she doesn't directly needle her about Mm -hmm. being gay until she sees emily make eye contact with jenna and her and jenna are like making eyes at each other and then she comes in with the like are you wishing you could taste her cherry chapstick line Mm -hmm. and i just think that that's interesting yeah i mean and Speaking of, let's transition into talking about Allie. Great. There's I've got a, lot, a lot of notes. Actually, too, as well. So the big thing that happens this episode, I mean, there's several, but one of the big things is we meet Jenna. Allie and mm-hmm. Jenna meet for the first time in the costume shop. This is when we are all talking about Lady G, mm-hmm. which is Lady Gaga, but I think maybe they didn't get permission to say Lady Gaga. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Allie is starting to get these like a messages mm-hmm. and, and then she sets up the world's most insane prank where she fakes her own death and to like, see if the girls will like save her, like try and save her. Fakes her own kidnapping. Yeah. Sort of thing. Which, sorry, super unlucky to fake your own kidnapping and then actually be kid quote unquote kidnapped or killed yeah. the next, the next year. Yeah. That's unfortunate. It, girl who cried wolf, for sure. Oh, yeah. And it's, and it's, and this is why also she blackmails Aria, because it seems insane that she blackmails Aria with her dad's affair, says mm-hmm. that she's going to tell her mom about her dad's affair if she doesn't come to this Halloween party. Yeah. And that's because 
that she needed her to be here because she needed to test all of their loyalty to figure out if they might be A. Yeah. And that's one of the notes I had is that conversation she has with Arya where she's um, blackmailing her to come to this party. So sinister. So, so it's, it, you starts out like, it starts out like, okay, but then, yeah, it becomes so sinister. And then you... It's the most you, outright A behavior. Mm-hmm. And you see kind of Arya have a moment of like, what am I doing? Like, who, who is, is this person? person? Yeah. <laughs> like, why am I friends with her? And like, yeah. there's just like a moment, I think, for Arya where like, I don't know if you would say like a switch flipped or something, but like there, I feel like there was a moment of clarity. Yeah. From Arya that like, oh, maybe this isn't the friend I thought it was. Well, and again, like this is, this is Allie. She strong arms them with these like secrets, right? Whenever they get out of line. Yeah. And something that I think is also interesting in that scene is that she tells Arya, like, you know, it wasn't easy to get you invited to this. Yeah. Uh, You know, and Again, I call bullshit on that. Mm-hmm. One, these girls are all hot. They're also in Noel's grade. Like, it's not like mm-hmm. he doesn't know who they are. It's not like Noel's a senior or something, and these are just, like, some freshmen. They're all freshmen. And he, Noel clearly was very into Ario in the scene where mm-hmm. he pulls up in the car. He's making well, eyes at Ario. I'm not saying he's, like, he's, like, a single, but, like, I don't think Arya would have had any trouble getting invited to this party. No, I agree. And this is also in line, actually, with the books, where Courtney tells... Sorry for going to the books, guys, but Courtney lies to Arya and tells Arya that Noel said he wasn't into her, and he's actually into her, Courtney. Yeah. And tells Noel that... Or just, like, never tells Noel that Arya's interested in him, even though she Mm -hmm. was supposed to. And so then, like... Court. So basically, like this is kind of like an in line with the book, which Got is why it. I think that that is definitely what or what Allie is doing. Here. Gotcha. Again, that said, everything that they get needs to come from Allie. If they yeah. get invited to a party, Allie needs to make sure that they understand they're only invited because of her. Yeah. That said, Allie and Noel have crazy sexual tension. Yeah. <laughs> like their vibes. I mean, there's like something like there again. There's like a dark sexual tension between them. Yeah. Anyways, moving on. Um, Allie, it's it's honestly incredibly impressive the degree of manipulation that she's doing here because she simultaneously she she like tailors tailors it to each person and she makes sure to keep all of the girls close enough to each other that being in the group is something that they desire, right? Mm-hmm. Because if it was just miserable, eventually they would just leave. But she makes sure that they're all close enough to each other, that they that they value the group, but are always closest to her. Mm-hmm. She And she does that a lot by, again, needling them with these secrets in front of the others. So they're afraid of the others finding out, and it keeps them more loyal to Allie. The other thing is she has to keep them so... that She has to keep them insecure enough to feel as though they're nothing without her. But they also need to be hot and confident and popular enough to be the envy of everyone else in the school. Mm-hmm. I, I just imagine that Allison has, like, Nathan Fielder-type flow charts <laughs> where she's, like, mapping all of this out because it's insane. Yeah, no, it's a lot. It's if, I don't know how she keeps yeah. it straight. If you haven't seen the rehearsal, Nathan Fielder, you definitely should. Um, a couple other things with Allie... 
And she also it. hides a note in a head of a porcelain yes. doll, which is iconic. I mean, she like, has she hides this note in the head of a porcelain doll in a wooden box hidden inside of an air vent. Yeah, incredible. So good. I I aspire to have something worthy of hiding the way that Allie hides things. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I just don't. I never will. Okay, so moving on. I had just some like overall like episode observations that I wanted to touch on. Mm-hmm. One is at the beginning, they're like walking down a street, very similar to how they're walking down the street in the beginning of Halloween Train, mm-hmm. which I just think is fun. It's like Halloween, we must walk down the street and yeah, chat. Um, and then, but the real, the real one is, oh, this is also the beginning of the NAT club. Then another thing I, I thought was really interesting about this episode, and I think what makes it really good is the fact that it's really interesting and fun to see these girls before kind of the big trauma starts. Mm-hmm. Like we see Arya's big trauma happen in like one of them happen in this episode. But before then, I think they and it how they're different from how they are in the future. And like after yeah. kind of everything well, I think starts. What's very interesting about this episode is that this is the furthest back we ever see. Mm-hmm. We never, other than I guess Allie and Toby, that one time when Toby's mom was still alive yeah, and we had that. them playing their like 12 year old selves. Anyways, whatever. But this is the furthest back that we ever see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just, and I'm, yeah, I made some observations about like how they are. Like I mm-hmm. think it, before everything happens, Arya has, like, a very childlike energy. Mm-hmm. Like, she is, she's, like, really, like, full of exuberance and, like, excitement for things. Um, Spencer has that, like, childlike awe of Melissa and has, like, a level of optimism that we don't typically, we don't see from Spencer in the future. Hannah is very, like, sweet and innocent, but, like, and lacks that acidity that i think we see from her in the future of mm-hmm. you know those biting remarks and she has some like s- some good little like lines but she doesn't have that level of that edge to her yeah she has later on and then emily just like the closet is so clear on emily yeah because and that's interesting too because i think she's i guess she's not pretty big trauma right like she's in her trauma yeah yeah <laughs> but uh but yeah but, like, it's it's pre-sort of their moments of growth. Exactly. Yeah. I also think the... I just want to point out, like, the theme of this episode is men bad. Yeah. Because... the theme of the show, no? Let me just list off real quick. All of the bad men. It's like, it's like we took all the bad men of the show and we distilled it into one episode. Uh, we've got Tom being referenced and, like, the recent divorce stuff and all of that. Mm-hmm. Wilden, who maybe threatens to, I don't know, run Ashley off the road or something if she doesn't go on a date with him. It's very confusing. Yeah, but then we also see at the Halloween party, see Wilden heading on Jenna. Yeah. And then there's Byron. All the Byron stuff and the affair and the manipulation. The Ian and Allison stuff. Jason referencing the NAT club. Ben telling everybody that him and Emily had sex. And then Nolcon is walking around being Nolcon and dresses as a gynecologist. (laughs) Mm-hmm. it's just men yeah. men be menning in this yeah. episode hard um yeah and then one other observation i had that it was just like pretty small but when they're at school on halloween none of the liars are dressed in halloween costumes no but if you You'd look at forgiven the, but me. if you look in the background there are random people dressed in halloween costumes not everybody Interesting. And I thought that was so interesting because I think it's so accurate. 
one that not everybody dresses up to go to high school on Halloween. There are people who do. There are people who go wear their Halloween costumes to school. And then there are people who are not, who don't. And then second, the show correctly identifies the liars as people who do not. Right. You'd and be I forgiven for thinking Arya is in a costume, but she's not. No. That's just her normal clothes. clothes. Um, but I just think like that's so interesting that And then I just wanted to talk to close out, I think, this this episode. Well, Speaking let's of talk about their costumes. Yes. I want to talk about especially this episode, I feel like their costumes say something about how they view themselves or how they'd like themselves like mm-hmm. to view themselves. So like Allie being Lady G. She pretty much says, like, it's because she didn't think anyone else would be dressed as it because she's so new. Like, Allie views herself as, like, a trendsetter. Exactly. Right? That's she's what I different, unique. Well. She's a trendsetter. Mm-hmm. But then, but can we, speaking, since mm-hmm. we're talking about Allie, let's also talk about Jenna and juxtaposition yeah. to that. Because she's also dressed as Lady Gaga. Yeah. But a much cooler, hotter version. Yeah. And I think that that also says, like, Allie thinks that she's the trendsetter. Mm-hmm. But based on her execution of Lady Gaga versus Jenna's execution, I think it's clear that, like, maybe Allie is old news, or at least at risk of being old news. And yeah. Here, and Jenna is truly the trendsetter, the new yeah. girl, the one who's going to, like, that costume, and then Jenna kind of luring Emily away for a minute, mm-hmm. which I think from Allie's perspective was not genuine attraction, but was, like, she like again doing what Allie is doing right manipulating Emily I think she saw that as such a threat that was this is the moment right where she's like she can't live Mm -hmm. I have to blind this girl yeah yeah (laughs) like she's this is where she's like oh no this is gonna be a full-on war yeah um so in juxtaposition though to Allie as Lady Mm -hmm. G I want to talk about Hannah as Brittany yeah Brittany from Baby One More Time yeah and obviously part of that is like Brittany is, you know, sex symbol, quintessential, mm-hmm. like hot girl next door or whatever. And that Hannah's very insecure about mm-hmm. her body and all of that. For Who can imagine why? It's not like she has a friend who only ever speaks to her in fat insults. Yeah. But also is sort of a less trendy version of doing Lady Gaga. Right? That's true. That's like, a good point. I, it's, it's Hannah attempting to imitate Allie Mm -hmm. in my research for uh to talk about Hannah's costume I watched the baby one more time music video Mm -hmm. first of all an excellent music video if it's been a while since you've watched it it's so good the choreography I watched it I was like I watched it and I was like oh yeah no Britney was the biggest thing in the world. Yeah. That was insane. Yeah. Uh, anyways, but the thing that stood out to me was the line, my loneliness is killing me. Mm. And yeah. I just think that that, I think that that also represents like yeah. Hannah in such a good way. Of, yeah. Like, I think at, to her core, I think Hannah is quite lonely. Yeah. At this point. Right. She feels the least hot, the least worthy of being in this friend group. Mm-hmm. So she doesn't, she's not really herself with them. I can't imagine why. I can't either. Um, her dad's left. Yeah. She has her mom who's struggling. Mm-hmm. Like she, I think she feels very lonely right now. Yeah. Um, I also, in uh, when Noel guesses like all of their Halloween costumes, he refers to all of them as hot. Except, except for, for Hannah. Hannah. Yeah. And I've never hated Noel Con more. 
Yeah. And, and also, we love no con. Actually. Yeah, we love no con. <laughs> but gynecologist yeah. no con can fuck himself. Yeah. Uh, Emily? Emily, I, other than loving appropriation, I don't know what Emily's oh, costume is. I know what Do it you is. have an idea? I okay, actually great. do. Because I think, so Emily is dressed as Indian girl, is what she calls her, yes. which is like, or obviously culturally Indian appro- chick, according to Nolcon. Yes, which is obviously like culturally appropriate, not cool. Yeah. But I think the reason she is dressed like that is because I think that is a quintessential hot girl costume. Mm-hmm. And at this point, Emily is performing heterosexuality. Yes. And her decision to be this very cliched, sexy Halloween costume. Yeah. A a line, it feels like, yeah, of course she's doing that to try. She's not actually showing her personality. Mm -hmm. She's not doing anything that is like something that she loves or something she's interested in. She is trying to fit into this mold that she it just does, does not. it very much does feel like a closeted lesbian pretend like doing her best impersonation of what a straight girl would do to get attention from boys exactly exactly yeah, that's what i hundred percent um Ari is a witch yeah i didn't really have it I, uh, enough said yeah i think that that's pretty clear yeah. uh now let's talk about spencer spencer who has been working on this costume for a while it seems she made this costume. She sewed this costume from scratch. Yeah, it's apparently like completely yeah. historically accurate. She's Mary Queen of Scots. Yeah, it, obviously overachiever, right? Yeah, like, Spencer is an overachiever. She wants to impress. Mm-hmm. Spencer is always going to lose the "I don't give a fuck" war. Yeah, Spencer gives the most fucks. Yeah, I also did some research on this. Oh yes. Um. Right. So Spencer does say this. She when she's kind of. Ex- explaining, mm-hmm. giving her little Mary Queen of Scots facts yeah. that nobody cares about. She says yeah. she was born to be queen, but her cousin stole the throne, then executed her. And she was executed by her family. And I think that's really interesting. But Especially looked, when you consider that her... Yeah. yeah, exactly. Her cousin is Allison. Yeah. But then I looked up more. I don't remember all, all about Mary Queen of Scots reign, but Google, Google first thing, what's Mary, Mary Queen of Scots known for? And Mary's claim to the English throne was regarded as illegitimate by many Protestants, but supported by many Catholics. This is the episode in which Spencer becomes class president, mm-hmm. but is maybe illegitimate? Yeah. Is maybe rigged? Yeah. It's so good. Think so, yeah. Why does Plus, Spencer all- have the most interesting costumes? Always. And again, like the stuff with her sister in this episode, I feel like. But then also, the writers could not possibly have known this, but the fact that Allison is her cousin, yeah, it adds like a whole other layer to that that was mm-hmm. obviously completely unintentional, but incredible nonetheless. So, um, so yeah, so that's the first secret. We've spent entirely too long on it. That's going to be the longest that, one. It'll be the longest for one. Sure. Um, next, you... The shortest one. <laughs> next, the shortest one. This is a dark ride. Ep- season three, episode 13. The reason we're not talking Re- about it... Yeah. Is because we already did a full episode on this. Yeah. Which that, has not gotten as many listens. So maybe go shame listen on you to all. that. Go listen to that. Because <laughs> Halloween Train is truly one of the most iconic episodes of Pretty Little Liars. Of anything. And I think the episode is great. So go listen to our thoughts on Halloween Train in that yes. episode. It is. And Halloween Train, or This is a Dark Ride, written by Joseph Doherty, directed by Arthur Anderson and Tim Hunter, which are ones that I'm not <laughs> as familiar with. Uh, aired October 23rd, 2012. Um, 
I definitely, yeah, go listen to that episode. What I will say about that I realized because when I was rewatching these episodes to do this, I didn't watch This is a Dark Ride because mm-hmm. I, I didn't need to. I've seen it a million times and I knew we weren't going to like go into it. So I went straight from the first secret, the like, you know, season, mid season two, the oldest that we get, mm-hmm. the oldest, you know, like far, the farthest back we get. And then I went straight from that to the next one, Agreed. A Grave New World, 413. And it was like watching an entirely different show. It was uh-huh. so crazy. But it made me realize that This is a Dark Ride, 313, mm-hmm. is the perfect midway point between 213 and 413 mm-hmm. in yeah. terms of the sort of like dramatic escalation and the 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 language of surrealism that the show develops mm-hmm. that yeah. you really see in full force in 413. Yeah. No, that's such a good point. Um, yeah. Speaking of, so 413, A Grave New World. A Grave New World. Great title. So good. Such a good title, It's actually. really good. Um, Written by Joseph Doherty yeah. and Oliver Goldstick, and, which is classic pair, and directed by Ron Lagomarsino, classic, aired October 22nd, 2013. Cool. The thing I feel, what makes this episode so good to me, it's a double whammy of a special episode. Mm-hmm. Because not only is it the Halloween special, it's a backdoor pilot for yeah. Ravenswood. Yeah. Which we will be doing an episode on that eventually. I have to watch the show, but yeah. we will be doing the, it. it did, this Watching this episode did raise some more questions for me about Ravenswood. Yeah. I'm going to tell you what the questions are so that you'll have them in mind. Okay. But we'll get there. Um, so basically, plot. There's not really. Indi- we're not going to break it down by individual liar because they spend most of their time together. But overall, yeah. these the girls are the liars are in Ravenswood because they got there was like I can't trace back the entire clue trail because it's probably mm-hmm. very convoluted. But essentially, they there there was some sort of magic show in the previous episode that had lured them to Ro- Ravenswood um, on the hunt for Alley slash Redcoat. Um, and then that's when they found A's lair. So they think, but it's Ezra's book research Write, writing apartment. studio. Um, no so wonder this guy was having money troubles. Yeah. He was renting two apartments. Yeah. One just for writing and research. Yeah, in like another town. He's yeah. driving to Ravenswood all the time to do this. Yeah. This episode, though, is a, uh, focuses around a party in a graveyard, as yeah. you do. Um, it's very, the, the style of it is very turn of the century. Um, like they're all dressed to the nines, like world, I guess like yeah. world war one. I. I mean, let's talk, let's talk about their costumes now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they all, okay. I would say like Aria, Hannah and Spencer, their costumes all seem to go together. Emily's feels a bit like a departure, but I guess it's like the same era. It's just a different, different. vibe. It's sexy mob boss. She, we should note this is not a Halloween party. This is not a Halloween episode. No. Oh, well, it is a Halloween. It, yeah, it's, it's not it's, Halloween in the show. Right. It's, it's Halloween in our time. Yeah. But in the show, it's not Halloween because we've already had Halloween we're up there still senior, in senior year. We're yeah. just still. Uh, yeah. Unless they were going to do another full flashback episode. Yeah. Um. I think Spencer, they all look incredible. They all look incredible. Spencer looks like a Victorian, like, widow. of some, like, Yeah, Victorian widow sounds good. Yeah. Um, Is that the right I don't know era, that, though? I don't know that they're all exactly the same. They're Because, like, they no, all, here's what it is. Okay, they're all, they, I think, like, kind of a 1920s style. But here's what the difference. 
Hannah is a young person, or not, not nineteen, or, or like turn of the, like eight, late eighteen hundreds. It's late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen. Yeah, yeah. They're they but, look like they could be on the Titanic. Yeah, every single one. But of them. Spencer looks like an older woman at the time. Yeah, Hannah right. is dressed as a younger woman of the time. Emily is dressed as a gangster of the time, mm-hmm. and Aria is dressed like a carnival worker of the time. Like she's like a circus performer. Yeah. Like no, a, right. a late eighteen hundred circus performer. You're right. Uh so they're all same era, but just different types yeah. of people within that era. Yeah. So okay. So in this at this graveyard party, they're kind of on they're just like looking for clues. So there's various like sp- splitting up and going off in different pairs. They discover um, a network of tunnels. Someone falls into an open grave because whilst having a graveyard Having a grave, yeah. a party in a graveyard, not enough for Ravenswood. We also must have some open graves for people to fall into. Yeah, which is crazy. Which, okay, so the there's they see a guy dressed in like a because they found a so they found a gas mask in the apartment. Mm-hmm. So they're looking for somebody who would be wearing that gas mask. Gas mask, and they see like a guy in like an old vintage like army. Yeah, uniform. and that guy and so is like, Michael oh. from Jane the Virgin, who is and also he, in. Ravenswood. Okay, and the the girl that falls into the grave is his cousin. Is his cousin, and those are the other two cursed teenagers. Yes, yes, I believe so. Got it. Okay, I yeah. just wanted to confirm that. Yeah, uh, I don't remember his cousin as much. Oh, is she not? But I think she's in it. I just yeah. think she's not as memorable to me as Michael from Jane the Virgin. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so we do meet him. I don't know what his name in the show is. Also, when they're in the, at the graveyard party, Arya gets a call from Ezra. Spencer right. Spencer says, don't tell him too much. And she's like, yeah, no, of course not, duh. Answer the phone. Hey, Ezra, I can't really talk right now. I'm in a graveyard in Ravenswood. Yeah. Immediate, yeah. Immediately gives her exact I location. know, Spencer rolled her eyes. And then uh, he very, like, ominously is like, Aria, you need to be careful. What does Aria make of that? Well, I actually, I have a, I have a point about Ezra's yeah. behavior that we'll talk about in a bit. But... So at this party, though, they wander off. They find some tunnels in a mausoleum. Classic tunnels. Hannah somehow gets separated into a There's separate, a different dimension. sorcery happening in this episode. At one point, there's the tunnel turns into a wind tunnel. Yeah. They're all up against the wall. You holding see Aria you see her- take Hannah's yeah. hand. There's no statue anywhere near them. No. T- Aria takes Hannah's hand, and the wind t- dies down, and... They they like are like oh what was that and then suddenly Hannah's gone Arya's holding the hand of a statue like a marble statue we mm-hmm. don't know where Hannah is like it's so wild it's but insane. Hannah gets lost she eventually finds her way into like a big scary mansion and in that scary mansion she meets Miranda yeah well first she goes again more sorcery in the telephone booth there's like right. she's locked in a telephone booth why there's a telephone booth in here who knows there's like lights swirling all around it's really and, like, weird it's super creepy i think ezra comes up at one point you see the like gas mm-hmm. mask through it's super creepy yeah but again li- literal magic is happening and yeah in this episode well we're in ravenswood yeah um and then miranda saves her uh because miranda and caleb had met on the bus and there's a lot of ravenswood set up here that i don't really care to talk too much about yeah Caleb's on is Caleb's in Ravenswood now. This is so all over the place. Sorry, yeah. guys. But anyways, the other liars are looking for Hannah. Is there anything else we need to really talk about? Yes. Before Caleb gets to Ravenswood, yeah. he meets Miranda on the bus. And I want to talk about two conversations that are had on that bus. The first, 
when they first meet, Miranda comes up and sits next to him on this, like, basically empty bus. I actually have three things to say about this bus. Um, One, why is it so old? I mean, <laughs> so Miranda comes up, sits next to him, and is like, got anything Got anything to eat? Gum, mint, cough drop? Caleb responds, no. I mean, I do in my car. So you don't, because we're <laughs> on a bus, not in your car. <laughs> like, if somebody came up to you and was like, hey, do you have anything to eat? And you were like, yeah, my house. <laughs> Bye. Like, they're not just checking. They're, they're not... They're not worried about you. They're not like, hey, no. do you have food to eat? Are you okay? No. They're asking for something to eat. Caleb, the food in your car is irrelevant to this conversation. Yeah. The second thing I want to talk about is when they say goodbye before b- before Miranda goes and then mm-hmm. ends up finding Hannah. Miranda makes an interesting choice. She makes a weird choice just to like boop Caleb on the forehead. Mm-hmm. You know how you might like boop someone on the nose like a baby or something? Mm-hmm. But she does it to his forehead. Caleb understandably says, what was that? (laughs) Miranda says, keeps the evil spirits away. Okay. Caleb was like, never heard that one. Miranda, I just made it up. And then they (laughs) laugh. So I'm back to the first question. Then what was that? (laughs) Why did you boop him on the forehead? It's the weirdest thing. Miranda is such a fucking weirdo. She's so weird. My, this is, I guess, a spoiler for most of my thoughts so far from Ravenswood are just about how they have the exact same hair. The same hair. It's, it's why would they have done that? Why did they do I that? I don't understand. Um, um, another thing about the bus that I always forget this fact, the creepy old man on the bus is a ghost. What? Because Miranda, the thing that Miranda picks up when she, when they're in the man, when she's in the mansion with Hannah is a funeral program for the man on the bus who they just saw like an hour ago, Max. That's crazy. So he was a ghost. That is nuts. Um, eventually (laughs) they, the ghosts have chips. I don't know. Um, but eventually they all find one another, uh, Spencer's car, the tires flat or something like that. And she doesn't have the spare. Ezra shows up, though, and saves the day and drives them home. Yeah. When they're back at Spencer's in Rosewood, they are in the backyard, and they this is the big reveal of this special episode is Allie is alive. Yeah. And she's there. We've seen her. She's in the red coat. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that the this is a dark ride. The end of that, how, the last Halloween special was her hand rising yeah. out of the grave, and the end of this one is... They finally get face to face, hundred percent confirmation. Allie is alive. Yeah, it's great. Um, I think that's like the most of it for the liars. But now yeah. I just want to talk about Ezra. Okay. Did you have anything else about the liars? No, I have some questions that I want to pose to you about Ravenswood. Okay, so let's talk about Ezra though. So in the previous episode before this, this is when we find out we think Ezra is a. Basically, we find his quote unquote lair. Um, and. Uh, in this episode, he's being creepy as hell. He's being really weird. And we know now that Ezra is writing a book. And I just feel as though he should have been forced to watch his behavior in this episode mm-hmm. and try and convince Arya, like, no, I was, I, it, it was just a uh, book. Ezra needed, like, that, it's not a big deal. It's like that episode of Arrested Development where Tobias, where George, or yes. where Michael convinces Tobias to record everything that exactly. he says for a day and listen back to it. That's what Ezra needed. Yeah. Because unless we're, unless we're saying that Ezra 
was not always gas masked. Maybe Charlotte was one of the gas masked guys because in the in the house that Hannah's locked in, somehow the other girls get in there too, but they're all separate. This is massive fucking house apparently. Yeah. Gas mask, someone in a gas mask, like knocks Spencer out. Like has okay. an altercation to, with Spencer and knocks to her out. To be fair, if you watch that altercation, Spencer starts. <laughs> no, I mean Spencer yes, charges like, at him. He obviously doesn't want her to know. I think that that was Ezra. Okay. Because he, so she, she sees somebody in a gas mask. She obviously assumes that that's A, because they saw the gas mask in Ezra's apartment. And it didn't look like a writing apartment, whatever. It looked like they were being stalked by that person. (laughs) Um, And so she charges at them. She makes the first move. He kind of like evades and like pushes her to the She falls and hits her head. He leans down like he's like concerned, but then runs off because the other girls are coming. That's true. Fine. So I do think that that was Ezra. I still think there's plenty that he needs to speak for in this episode. And I think Arya should make him. Look, also, I would say, I don't know. Why is he here? But like, uh, you know, Spencer, he comes face to face with Spencer. I think as she starts charging, I think the appropriate thing is take the gas mask off. Be like, hey, sorry, it's me. No, like there's uh I have to explain some things. Like, you that's think? A, that's a, oh, I, oh, rather than evade her and have her get knocked unconscious and almost die. Yeah. I think that would be the appropriate response. I mean, to be like, okay, I'm cornered. I'm going like, to come clean. About the book. About the book. To Spencer. Well, again, I think it's better than I knocking think... her unconscious. Yeah. I mean, sure. Accidentally. Yes. Sure. But anyways. anyways. What were you going to? What were we going to talk about? Ravenswood. I've got a, I've right. got some questions Let's I just want to put in your mind uh, for when you watch Ravenswood. It's they're all about the graveyard. Um, Great. So one, why are they putting pictures on these gravestones? Are because my understanding is they don't want these kids to know that they're going to be sacrificed. Seems like the pictures on the gravestone are really helping mm-hmm. them figure that out. Okay. Uh, so I would like to understand that because I know putting pictures on gravestones is a thing. It mm-hmm. just seems like you wouldn't do it in this situation. Yeah. Second, they say that there's a lot of kids in the cemetery. Yeah. Like graves for kids. Why? I clocked that as well. Why? Why? Because it's only these like four teenage is it four or five? Whatever. This I think it's five. This four these four or five teenagers get reincarnated and killed, right? I so have only watched one of the episodes so far, but no. What? That uh, that fundamentally changes my understanding of what Ravenswood is. Yeah. So, okay. So, like, there's multiple kids getting reincarnated. Okay. Interesting. No. No? I'm pretty sure no one's getting reincarnated. Well, how do you explain their pictures on the grave, then? Why is it They the have person? family there. Sorry. Are you telling me that those are supposed to be just regular ancestors, not... I believe so, in a past yeah. life. I could be wrong. I, I think you're I've wrong. Only, I've only I think you are episode. wrong. I'm sorry. I've only watched <laughs> the first episode. So something that's interesting that like I, I don't think that this is the case because I don't think enough time has passed. I, I don't know why there are so many kids in the cemetery. What would be there are so many kids in the cemetery because every time a soldier comes home safe from war, they sacrifice five teenagers. It doesn't make any sense. It's no, one the, soldier. The The exchange rate is crazy. The exchange rate for these souls is insane. Yeah. No, I agree. But it did give me the idea of, like, it would just be so interesting. I would almost love it if all of the graves were theirs. Yeah. And not enough time has passed, not enough generations, even if they were being reincarnated mm-hmm. and sacrificed every generation, that's not enough to fill a cemetery because it's from like World War One or something. Yeah. But 
I just think that that's inter- the idea of being in a grave of all of just only a graveyard of just your mm-hmm. <laughs> grave is funny. Yeah. Anyways, those are your Ravenswood questions. Those are my Ravenswood okay. questions. I just I want you to send them to me, but yeah. Pay when you watch it, just pay a lot of attention to the graveyard. Anything you can explain to me about that graveyard, I'd appreciate. Will do. Will do. So moving on, the next episode we're gonna go through is Shadow Play, which is season four, episode nineteen. It's the black and white episode, which is one I used to not like. I used to skip this episode, and now I love it. Yeah. So, Shadow Play, 419, written by Joseph Doherty, directed by Joseph Doherty, aired February 11th, 2014. It is a, it is a full Joseph Doherty joint. Love that. Which makes so much sense. It and does. I love it. Um, and also, I just want to say, this is their musical episode. Agreed. It's not musical, obviously, but in the way that other shows do a musical episode, this is what they did. Exactly. Yeah. And I love that for them. So the star of this one is obviously Spencer. So most of this, yeah. I think, In fact, has... even as we talk about the other liars, I think it's important to keep in mind yeah. anything that they say or do in this episode is how Spencer perceives them. Mm-hmm. And cause, because basically Spencer is hot on the Ezra trail. Mm-hmm. She is she is basically decided this guy's A. Um, and she's also deep in her amphetamine relapse. Mm-hmm. So... And this is a hallucination that she has standing at the kitchen sink, which is crazy. Yeah. She she has a crazy choice whole, to have this, this hallucination, hallucination happen at the kitchen sink. At the kitchen sink in the second of like a gun flash in a movie on the TV. Yeah. She's powerful. And then she comes away from it with this like realization about the journal, which I think means yeah. that amphetamines give you superpowers. Yeah. Well, I do want to say something that maybe, and this may actually makes sense. At the beginning, before we've gone into the black and white, uh, Emily suggests to Hannah and Spencer, hey, guys, we found Allie's diary pretty quickly again, right? Like, yeah. it was pretty easy. Like, do we think this was maybe a setup? And they're all just like, nah. <laughs> and then it's almost as if, like, this hallucination is basically Spencer processing on that. Right. And that's why she walks away from this being like, oh, yeah, no, this is right. Yeah. But at the end, spoiler, she suggests this to Hannah and Emily as if this is her own original idea. Yeah. Uh, Emily suggested this earlier, guys. Yeah. Give her credit. Emily didn't specifically suggest that things had been changed or like. But she just, she she acknowledged like, hey, guys, it was something just didn't sit right. It doesn't feel right. Something was, was really easy for us to get this back. Yeah. This is the diary that, like, they had had, that had clues mm-hmm. that Allie had written in. Ezra had stolen it, and they got it back, and they found it in, like, his desk drawer. Yeah. Which, of course, turns out, I think, was planted. Exactly. Long story short, basically, this is a black and white, like, film noir episode. It's beautiful, first of yeah. all. Like, it looks so good. Kudos, Joseph. Yeah. Great job. It is basically... Like I said, it's Spencer kind of trying to figure out this diary. And there's yeah. and it's clubs, the thing there's... that I really love about this mm-hmm. is that it's, it is all happening in Spencer's mind. Mm-hmm. So the episode itself, while I think one of the criticisms, right, is like nothing actually happens because it's not real. Mm-hmm. But you get such an insight into Spencer yeah. and how she views everyone and how she views herself. Mm-hmm. And I also will say before I get into it. I think it's fascinating that this is a hallucination, but period accurate homophobia. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, 
because Spencer's gonna be exactly, period accurate. Exactly. We learned like, that with Queen of Emily's Scots. Emily's in the closet. Her and Paige are having all these kind of very like mm-hmm. hushed conversations. Yeah. And, and that's most of what Emily's up to. Yeah. Um, and then on that note though, one quick thing, another hair hate crime against Lindsay Shaw. Yeah. In this episode. Yeah. Uh, that's the only way I can describe what Look, they've done to her. she did something to those hairstylists. Yeah, yeah. They do not like her. No. Uh, the, the whole, like, the whole dynamic, actually, I feel like of this, which again, because this is all happening in Spencer's mind, Spencer, it feels as though Spencer is the editor of a newspaper, mm-hmm. and these girls are all her, like, plucky young journalists. Yeah. No, oh, yeah. investigating and stuff for her and like she's sending them off to tail people and like that's the vibe yeah and that's so like i and i do think that's kind of how spencer views the, the yeah. group um i think yeah do you have any other plot points you want to like go over because i have just like some observations that i think are interesting yeah I, and again it's the plot of this episode is not particularly important which is why we're not really breaking down the plot yeah. because it's because again it is all make believe in Spencer's mind what's most important here i think is what we learn about mm-hmm. the characters and about what sort of Spencer's yeah perception of everything is yeah so one thing i thought was really interesting is at one point Spencer and Allie have this like confrontation in Spencer's living room and a lot of the blocking of that confrontation that argument mirrors the blocking of their fight that they have in Spencer's living room That's on that night. Incredible. Like there is a lot of like similar. And I think that that is so good because again, this is a hallucination, right? Like she's working in through all Spencer, of this. In Spencer's mind, she's having a fight, an argument with Allie in her living room. Of course, it's going to look very similar, except for in black and white and like <laughs> film noir style, very similar to the real fight that she had mm-hmm. with Allie that honestly she probably doesn't even remember that much of yeah a lot of stuff is happening subconsciously for Spencer it and it's interesting again like the the way that Allison appe- you know appears in this hallucination is such a caricature of Allison mm-hmm. of like she is incredibly like inscrutable she clearly gets off on being withholding yeah because that's how, I mean, yes, to some extent, Allie has always gotten off on being withholding, mm-hmm. but also from Spencer's perspective, Allie is like the holder of all of these secrets that she's yeah. been trying to find out. Like, and well, there's also like Allison suggests, right, that like Spencer could maybe hurt her because that's mm-hmm. something Spencer's working through right now is the possibility that she might have hurt Allison. Yeah. Or the girl in Allison's grave. Who and, knows? and to that, though, I think there's, again, in Spencer's mind, there's a, there's a scene towards the end of the episode where in the, I think Allie is performing at some nightclub or whatnot, and they, mm-hmm. Spencer and the other girls find Allie in her dressing room or whatever, and they, they're having this conversation. And I think it's really interesting the way Spencer is very much standing up to Allie. She's being very mm-hmm. much more aggressive with Allie, or just like she's just standing up for herself more with Allie than really ever see her. Mm-hmm having done at this point or even does when she comes back exactly there's so there's clearly some subconscious like desire there but then also all of the other girls are following spencer's 
lead. Well, they're like, like they're they are defending more, they are Spencer to, to Allie, Allie or like from which is Allie. Yeah. Absolutely not something that we have seen in the past. But not it's really something like, we see in the future either. But as Spencer is struggling with the possibility of Allie actually coming back, is her sort of like greatest desire is that the four of them will continue to have exactly. each other's backs against mm-hmm. Allie, and that whatever might they might find out about what she may have done that night, that the They'll girls are going to, to defend her. her. Yeah. Um, and then. The other, the other one, other note that I had was I think it's interesting. Spencer kind of hallucinates Toby in yes. this adversarial cop position. Toby is her inner monologue. Yeah, before he's a cop, and I don't know if he's is he like a detective in this, in 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 her hallucination. Yeah, yeah, he's not a cop at this point. In the he's show. not a cop in the show yet. No, he's not a cop in the show he's until just season five. That's crazy. <laughs> But it's so like Toby is absolutely Toby is the Spencer stand-in. Yeah, you're right. Toby, he is kind of like the voice, the like her like conscience in a way, which I think it, because he first of all he's the one that's being like, why haven't you figured this out yet? You need to solve this. Also, stop taking those pills. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that that really goes along with what Spencer has said about Toby and how she views Toby, which is like, oh, like he's like the he's like the most good he's person so good right like when he tells Fuck you the truth or as ali says when he tells you the truth you believe him like sure if you guys say so whatever but <laughs> i guess you're telling us that but i guess I if you're don't. telling me that i'll accept it whatever <laughs> so it makes sense that he's sort of the jiminy cricket of this hallucination yeah uh it's also there's also a scene where all of the girls are like god we're so tired spencer just solve it already Mm-hmm. And it shows, like, Spencer really puts all of this on her own shoulders. Yeah. Um, but, you know, for all of the, the ways that Spencer perceives various people in, you know, in this hallucination, I think the one that we really need to talk about is what this tells us about Ari or about Spencer's perception of Aria. <laughs> this episode, beginning to end, is an absolute read for oh, Aria. for sure. <laughs> like, the she... Spencer thinks Arya is the dumbest. She thinks she's so dumb. She's so easily manipulated. She's so just like in like blinded by Ezra. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That she's basically just a puppet. Okay, I want to talk about the scene where Arya is talking to Paige, I think. Mm. And uh it's a rare Ar- occurrence. I know. And Arya and technically it didn't happen in this case. <laughs> Aria talks about how she used to be like a real tomboy and she oh, loved yeah. climbing trees. And Paige is like, Oh, like what happened? And Aria's like, I don't know. And she's like, wait, yes, I do. I fell in love for the first time. And then I kind of lost interest in climbing trees. And this is clearly Spencer. I think understanding very accurately. So the way that Aria's relationships with men have robbed her of her childhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, then hilarious scene <laughs> sorry i can't i don't know if i'm gonna be able to get this out aria and ezra are drinking champagne and aria says i always thought champagne was the most sophisticated thing in the world which abs uh, of course that's something spencer thinks aria mm-hmm. would say to which ezra responds well it's not you are <laughs> oh, i hate it so much but it's also just like that's what that is how that's how Spencer imagines Arya and Ezra's conversations to and, go. But and, you know what? Yeah, 
They kind of do. Yeah, it is a little bit of a sort of a like, obviously, heightened caricature yeah. of what their conversations are actually like. Wild. And again, it's it's so much of Arya being obsessed with maturity and adulthood and mm-hmm. wanting to be an adult, I think, yeah. as well. Um, so my final thoughts, I already said this, but visually this is so good. Like, yeah. the, the way they're, the light and the shadow is done so well. Everybody looks great. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing I love, what's, like, kind of turned me around on this episode is, I think it's just, like, this was probably so much fun. Yeah. I feel like they probably had so much fun doing this episode. And I think it shows. Like, I think everybody is performing and just, I think it was probably really, ref- like, and not even just, like, the the, the actors, right? Mm-hmm. I think the crew, I think, I bet you the lighting department was having the best time. Costumes were costuming. Like, it was just, I think, it's just so fun. Yeah. Um, a few quotes from this episode. Yeah. So obviously the champagne one, hilarious. Uh, the episode before we go into the film noir thing, Spencer does have the line, my parents are out of town being lawyers, <laughs> which is such a great like meta <laughs> yeah, statement. Uh, at one point, Hannah says, this is all about the anus of things. Oh, I love that one. Which I just, you feel like I know like a writer wrote that in season two and has been trying to get that into an episode mm-hmm. ever since. Yeah. Maybe Joseph Doherty, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I must have. Uh, and then one of my favorite line deliveries and just lines in general is, so Mona's kind of like working with Ezra because in Spencer's mind, that's how she imagines mm-hmm. their dynamic. In reality, that's not really what's happening. Yeah. He just interviews her a bit for the book. But, uh, after Spencer and Hannah kind of storm out of Ezra's apartment and Mona is left behind with Ezra, uh, Hannah had like taken a carrot stick or something when they like left. Hmm. And Mona turns to Ezra and she's like, I want you to know that was the last carrot stick. And she says it so serious. It's yeah, so it's funny. so funny. I still it's, honestly don't really know what it means. I don't either. It feels like it's supposed to mean something else, but I have no idea I what. Think I think I'm too dumb. Potentially, it's just so they can make it clear that that was a carrot stick because before she said that, I was like, what is in her mouth? <laughs> so it might have just been that. Line to live yeah, I mean, that. you could have just not included that blocking. Yeah. But whatever. It was, it's so funny though. Yeah, it's great. Uh, so next up, Miss Me Times 100. This is 505. Written by I, Marlon King. Directed by Norman Buckley. Love a Norman Buckley directed episode. Aired July 8th, 2014. And this is, of course, the 100th episode of the show. And I miss when we celebrated 100th episodes this way. And then I realized the shows just don't get 100 episodes anymore. Yeah. This this episode, Most of this podcast is us lamenting the current state of TV. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But this episode, it just has such a blockbuster feel. This is a blockbuster. This is the summer blockbuster. What year was it? Uh, 2014. This is this was the summer blockbuster of 2014. Yeah, because, uh, and actually, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna list out yeah the things let's that happened. Points. Let's hit the big. The points. stuff that the plot wise, like the shit that they put into this episode, mm-hmm. they they saved everything for this mm-hmm. episode. Ezria reunite. Mm-hmm. Allie comes back to school. Emerson happens. Uh, they blow up Toby's house. A is back, and they find out who was in Allie's grave. Caleb's back. Caleb's back as well. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I know. Everything. Everything happens. This is a jam-packed episode. Like, it, and it's got something for everyone. Like, they mm-hmm. were, like, clearly, like, we want to get people so fucking hyped. 
And the crazy thing is, is they go five episodes of season or four episodes. Mm-hmm. I mean, five, I guess you should, a doesn't come back till the very end of this mm-hmm. five episodes of season five. There is no a, mm-hmm. which is they've never done that in the show before. They'll never do it again. Yeah. Where you have that many episodes in a row without a. Yeah. And as we know, it's because in those four, ep- five, ep- four episodes, Charlotte yeah. is in Paris. That's when she's meeting Alex Drake. That's mm-hmm. when she is having apparently a great time at double dating with Ren and Alex yeah. Drake and Archer Dunhill. Mm-hmm. Uh, they pack a lot into four episodes of she, time in Paris. Charlotte moves internet in, in the span of four episodes, moves internationally two times, meets the love of her life, forms a deep emotional bond with a sister she never knew. Mm-hmm. And then that, also, though, that realizes, also realizes she misses the game. Yeah. She does all of that, and the, then... The second international move back yes. to the U.S. No, yeah. no, no, I just mean, like, she... Yeah. Like, that's not something that just happens instantly, either. No, yeah. She mm-hmm. has to, like, realize. She yeah. goes through a whole journey, and is like, I gotta come back. And then she's yeah. like, well, if I'm gonna come back, I'm gonna come back with a bang. I'm gonna blow up Toby's house. <laughs> she really does come she back with a bang. She blows up Toby's fucking house. Yeah. So, what's happening with Arya in this episode is she's dealing with the fact that in... She's still dealing with the fact that in New York, she killed Shauna. Fair. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't get over murder yeah. that quickly, I guess. Um, a couple really, of... She really tries to make it up to Jenna yeah. by, like, being like, Jenna, like, if you want to talk about Shauna, like, I'm sorry. From another... Pr- take this out of Arya's perspective. This is an episode of Criminal Minds. <laughs> like, imagine your girlfriend is murdered. Yeah. And then you find out that the person that was there, like, comforting you, like, and and getting you to talk about them and everything is the person that murdered yeah. her. That person's a psychopath. And, and I, But I will say... She's trying to make her... But that's... She's trying I'm to make not, herself feel better. Yes, and. Mm-hmm. So I, I do think that, like, obviously her the empathy that she is showing towards, Sha- towards Jenna is colored by her own guilt mm-hmm. and trying to assuage that. But I do think there is a level of somewhat genuine empathy towards... Yeah. Jenna, that I think you're not seeing from the other life. And it, it, I was, as I was watching this, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm, oh. I understand, I understand the, like, what, I can't remember who says it, but basically that, like, Ari is the empathetic one, right? Like, yeah. I do get that. No, 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 because there's no empathy from the others. No. I would like to give an Emily quote here. Yeah, please do. No offense, but if she's sad, she could cry in New York. Yeah. <laughs> Because apparently Jenna's been living in New York. Yeah, which they don't know about, which is crazy. Yeah. Keep better tabs on Jenna, guys. Yeah. Toby knew that she was in New York. Nobody, when Jenna disappeared, nobody's like, hey, Toby, where'd she go? Nope. Um, and then the other thing I'm going to say about Arya in this episode is obviously she reunites with Ezra. And and she's really trying to, like, work through a lot of mm-hmm. her guilt with Ezra, right? She's trying yeah. to have conversations with him about how she's feeling and all of this stuff. And... I just think it's remarkable how much Ezra doesn't get it. Yeah. Like oh, Ezra, Ezra's always, you're just gonna have to find a way to forgive yourself. Yeah. And I, I get it that Shauna shot him and he almost died. So I understand where he's his not interested in feeling from. empathy. For, but yeah. what I don't understand is how he's showing such little empathy for Aria. Yeah. Who's crazy. clearly struggling with the fact that good or bad, right? Shauna being a good or bad person, a or not. Mm-hmm. Arya is struggling with that same thing that we see Emily struggle with a couple seasons ago of like, I know this person wasn't 
necessarily good, but yeah. I still did kill someone. And I think that that's a very natural response to killing someone. Oh, yeah. Good or bad. Crazy to not have. And, and an Ezra just can't comprehend this. And I'm like, Ezra, you're an adult. This should actually make so much sense to you. But yet this teenage girl is having a more empathetic reaction to the death of another teenage girl than you are. What is yeah. wrong with you? Yeah. Also, side note, though, about Arya trying to, like, comfort Jenna. Mm-hmm. I want to see uh, Lucy Hale and who's the actress that plays Jenna? Uh, Tam. Anyways. I want to see a Lifetime movie with Lucy Hale and the actress that plays Jenna that is this, essentially. Yeah. Like, like her her wife is murdered and she makes, like, friends. She becomes friends with this, like, neighbor that really comforts her and helps her through it, only to find out that the neighbor is the one that killed her wife. Yeah. No, I good. want that Lifetime movie. I want to talk about Arya and Ezra getting back together. Mm-hmm. One of the big things. Uh, and this happens, like, you know, we love to do a cut between, so it's like Ezra oh, getting back together. Montage. Yeah. Um, well, one of the couples is having sex. The other just kisses fully clothed in bed for a little bit. I mean, we don't see the whole of it. I don't I don't think that Emily and Allison had sex yeah, that night. Right. I think they stayed fully clothed the you're whole right, time. You're probably right. Uh, but, so we're cutting between the Emerson and Ezra mm-hmm. thing. And the song that's playing, Haley, did you clock that I song? Didn't. I didn't. Great. I'm super excited to tell you what that song was. It was a cover of Every Breath You Take. Oh, yeah. No, that's creepy. That's horrifying. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Again, and this is what I'm talking about with the writers and Ezria. Mm-hmm. They're giving us Ezria, I think, because they have to. Mm-hmm. But, like, Joseph Doherty, especially, is one that was never on the Ezria train. Yeah. So he's still, but obviously, he's being forced to write the Ezria reunion scene for the for the 100th episode, right? Yeah. And so... And I don't know if he chose the music that went with it, obviously. Right. But, like, the choice to have it be every breath you take yeah. is so great. great. And I have added it to the playlist. It was not great. on there originally. I'd never clocked this before somehow. Yeah, I mean, I've noticed and the again, song, but I've having, never really, like, thought about it. And I think also, again, having it be the Emerson getting together thing also tells you a bit about Allie. Especially mm-hmm. because at this point we're we're starting to get suspicious of Allie and her motivations. Yeah. Anyways. So, moving on, uh, do we want to do Hannah next? Yeah, let's talk Hannah. Okay, so Hannah is abusing alcohol. Mm -hmm. She's trying to get over Caleb by dating Travis because Caleb's been Mm -hmm. in Ravenswood. But guess what? Caleb's back. Yeah. He's back. He's dark and twisty. Yeah. Um, Hannah, Lucas invites Hannah to a party he's throwing. And I could talk about this party. I could talk about Lucas and his fake girlfriend for hours. This girl doesn't exist. No, absolutely not. So basically, day of, Lucas is throwing a party and it tells Hannah about it to introduce his new girlfriend to all of his friends. Sorry, no offense, Lucas. What, what friends? friends? Um, anyways, he's throwing this party. At the party, this is after Hannah's found out that Caleb is back and, uh, and she's really upset about it. So she is drinking heavily. And at the party, Lucas comes up to her, gives her more alcohol. Pours it out of his cup. It, yeah. It feels like he's maybe drugging her. It's but possible. I guess not. <laughs> or but, just trying um, to get her drunk. Who knows? Yeah. So she doesn't realize that he does not have a girlfriend. 
Yeah, he absolutely does not have a girlfriend. And she's like, oh, I haven't seen your girlfriend. Like, where, where is she? And he, like, like, looks oh, around. Like, oh, she's, she's around here somewhere. She's around As here though somewhere. she's just out here mingling with all these people she doesn't know exactly. without him. Yeah. Um, and then they, they have... Be, if, if I... If my boyfriend had, like, a party and I came to it and it was just, like... And I'm from out of town and it's all of his friends. I don't know. I'm attached at the hip to him the whole 100%. night. Um, and then while he's, like, giving her more drinks, like, more alcohol... He said there he's like, Oh, best consumed rapidly and, and often or something. Yeah. I don't know. Something like that. And then somehow this turns into basically he implies that he and his girlfriend, who doesn't exist, mm-hmm. are having sex. And Hannah is like obviously so proud of him. It's so cute and, like, that Hannah thinks this girlfriend is real. I mean, in Hannah's defense, she's drunk. Yeah. But even when he was telling her about this party, I know. The fact that she was not immediately like this is like the first okay. she's hearing about it and yeah. like she's conveniently in town and he's having a, throwing a party that night that she's just now learning about it's <sighs> anyways and so he like kind of like raises his eyebrows and like that's how he implies that they're like having sex and like it's yeah uh it's just we really brush past the fact that because we never hear about this girlfriend or anything about this ever again which is a godsend for Lucas. Yeah. That like he, really he, he does the most embarrassing thing in the world and somehow gets away with it scot-free. Yeah. It's embarrassing because guys, I can't stress this enough. There's no way that this girlfriend exists. No. It's never confirmed that she's fake, but isn't it? It's confirmed for me. Yeah. Um, I have another thing about Hannah. Yeah. This is a little thing. Um, Hannah's in the brew. This is when she, like, sees Caleb. She's in the brew, and she, like, orders her coffee, and then she sees Caleb, and they're kind of talking, and then, and it's like, oh, nice, but then it's like, oh, two coffees for Hannah? Yeah, no, I've noticed this yeah. before. No, I think we've probably talked about this before. They're like, oh, two, two coffees for Hannah, which is supposed to be like, oh, like, and then Caleb looks at the cups, and one says Hannah, and one says Travis. And it's like, oh, like she's seen Travis, right? Like that's the, the that's the yeah. device we're using here. Sorry. Sorry. No, so when Hannah it. ordered these coffees, she didn't she didn't just like order the two coffees and then say, Oh, like the name's Hannah mm-hmm. for the order. She was like, Oh, Hannah, this one, Travis, this one. Travis isn't even here. That's not how you order coffee. It's just like the yeah, that's not how the interaction and works. The person and also- didn't say Coffee for Hannah, coffee for Travis. No, it's just coffee for Hannah. Two coffees for Hannah. Yeah. But wrote Travis on the cup. And also fully unnecessary because Hannah is getting like some sort of iced thing, like a frappuccino, yeah. and Travis is like a hot coffee. Yeah. So it's not even like you're at risk of mixing up the cups. Also, it's 9 p.m. Uh, yeah, these people are drinking coffee so late. <laughs> it could just be winter. Um, another thing that happens is that Caleb says... The night, so so Hannah asks about Miranda or something, and Caleb says, the night you left Ravenswood was the last night I saw her. Mm-hmm. Is he referring to a Grave New World? He is not. Okay, because she does Hannah come. Hannah does appear okay. in an episode of Ravenswood. Okay. Um, I thought Miranda died in the first episode of Ravenswood, but I don't fucking know. I did too, but I'm, I don't think she did. Okay. Because she dies, I think, fairly early on. Yeah. I just, Hannah, like, if I was Hannah, I'd be so confused. And I just, I don't like that. I know that Caleb does eventually tell her, like, everything that happens in Ravenswood. And I don't like that. I don't like that Hannah knows. I want Ravenswood to be Caleb's little secret he doesn't tell anyone about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, 
Because Hannah, and Hannah presumably doesn't tell the other girls. Like, Haley, can you imagine if I found out ghosts are real, like magic, psychics, mm-hmm. all this stuff is real. And I was like, I'm not going to bother to tell Haley about that. <laughs> That's crazy. They have so much else going on in their life. Hannah's like, I'm not going to bother them with that. Yeah. I'm not going to bother them with the fact that we live in some sort of supernatural world. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, Spencer. Hannah. Yeah. Spencer. Spencer finds out in this episode, Spencer, her parents are separating. Yeah. Because basically she and Veronica think that uh, Peter killed Jessica. What I think is interesting is that Veronica is not leaving Peter because he murdered Jessica. She's leaving Peter because she thinks that he involved Melissa mm-hmm. in it and they had an agreement not to involve the girls in any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just, what a great mom. Yeah. Like, she loves this man so much. She stuck with him through an affair, an illegitimate, two illegitimate children adopted one of them. And she loves this man. She would have stuck with him through the murder, probably. Yeah. Uh, she does. Eventually she finds out about the, the like, his involvement kind of in it later in the flash forward. But where she draws the line is, like, you're not going to involve my kids in this fucking shit. Mm-hmm. Good for her. Yeah. The other thing is, she says to Spencer, I want you to know that I'll take care of you. Mm-hmm. And she, the, the delivery is incredible. Yeah. Um, and she's so choked up. And, like, obviously Spencer doesn't know that she's adopted, but it just, and I don't know what the writers knew at this mm-hmm. point and everything, but, I mean, I think at this point no, they I probably think, did. I think at this point they did because and Jessica's dad, Mary Drake, did it. Yeah, and I think it's just, like, because it's, it, it is such an interesting relationship, Spencer and, and Veronica. Mm-hmm. That, like, I mean, obviously, yeah, like, adopted children, you love them like you're your own or anything, but she's not just, like, adopted, right? Like, she is the child of Peter's affair. Right. Sort of affair, you know, it's complicated, guys. But, and here Veronica is leaving Peter, and she's, like, and it just yeah. felt like, I don't know, it, it, the delivery of it is so, like, heartfelt, and, like, it's beautiful. Yeah. Anyways. I just wanted to call that out. I like yeah. that line in the context of everything. Um, yeah. So the other thing that's happening in this episode with Spencer is Toby. So as we know, Jenna's back. Jenna's very upset that uh, Sean is dead. And because of that, Toby is, I think the fear is maybe that Toby is getting brought back into Jenna's orbit. Mm-hmm. And you know, Arya tells Spencer, I think very, like, this is a very kind thing, I think, for Arya to do. Arya tells Spencer, yeah, you can tell Toby what happened. Mm-hmm. Like, you can tell Toby the truth that, like, Shauna was A and, like, I killed her. Yeah. <laughs> like, in New York. Um, But I think they're all sitting in, like, I think it's at Arya's house. Yeah, it is. And Allie is there. And there's a moment where Spencer kind of looks at Allie, almost, mm-hmm. for, like, approval. Mm-hmm. Um, And then Arya's like, you don't need to ask her. Yeah, it's your decision. It's your Spencer. decision to tell. Yeah, I, I think that's so interesting, and I, yeah, um, I love that. And then after she does tell Toby, we don't see that conversation, but afterwards, um, they're in Toby's car, and this is the song that I noticed. Um, they're like making out, and they're like, you know, whatever. And the song is something along the lines of like, "I don't deserve you," mm. and I mean, listen, does Toby take the news well? Sure, but. If anybody doesn't deserve someone in this relationship, <laughs> it's not Spencer who doesn't deserve Toby. It's yeah. the other way around. Well, it's an interesting, sorry, this, not to go back to Shadowplay, but there was something in Shadowplay where 
Ezra's talking to Toby. Again, this is all Spencer's mm-hmm. imagination. And he says, you know what happens when you trust a skirt. And Toby replies, you walk right into trouble and find yourself alone. And I think that that's really interesting because that is how Spencer imagines her role in mm-hmm. Toby's life. 100%. That yeah. she is like a burden on him. Yeah. Getting him into trouble. Yeah. Um, Emily. Yes. Emily is palling around with Sydney uh, Driscoll. Yes. Uh, and her and and Paige is like obviously having a hard time because Allie's back at school. Um. Emily orchestrates kind of a conversation between Paige and Allie for Allie to apologize and, you know, hopefully bury a hatchet or two. Uh, it's fine. It's a fine conversation. It's the most Emily thing to do. Yeah. Um, Allie also, I, I have, a, I mean, I have a lot of thoughts about Allie's like apology and behavior immediately. Following. Oh, I do too. But that's for the Allie section. Yeah. Yeah. But like, that's a fake apology. Okay. Um, and then the other thing that happens in this episode is they go to a Frozen sing-along. Yeah, that was And weird. I just actually, like, it really took me back to a moment in time when, guys, Frozen was a really big deal. And that was weird. Yeah. Like, why was Frozen being mentioned in this show? It's so weird. Why were we doing a Frozen? Sometimes, why were these teenagers like, doing a Frozen sing-along? And the thing about look, it is, like. Frozen was a good movie. Teenagers were probably going to Frozen sing-alongs. Yeah. I think... Which is weird. I think in some ways Disney put everything into promoting Frozen because I do think that this was an SEO situation. Probably, probably. Of, to make sure that when you Google Disney Frozen, it no longer comes up with like a bunch of weird anti-Semitic yeah, stuff maybe. about Walt Disney and him freezing his body or head or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so I think that that's part of why it was such a phenomenon. Yeah. Is that Disney was like, we need to make sure this really takes off. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so now Allison. So Allison, okay. obviously, this is big. This is her first day back at school. The song there is really great. It's Begin Again by Rachel Platten. Yeah. Can't find it on Spotify or Apple Music, though. That's so weird. It's so weird. Um, I just need you all to, like, look at the outfits that they're all wearing. There's, like, a good liar wall as they're, like, walking into the school. Uh, I need you, like, everybody to look at the outfits. I think it's really interesting because, like, Allie is in this really bright, saturated, colorful, like, dress and, like, cardigan situation. And the rest of them are in very muted colors. And I think Mm -hmm. part of that, and they're, like, flanking her on either side. I think part of that is, like, she's kind of the main focus of that scene. But I also like to think that they're all in, you know, some kind of mourning at this. Like, they're they're not celebrating that Allie is back at school, necessarily. Uh, and, and I think that they all, they all don't want to be there. They don't all, they don't all want to stand with her at school. Right. And the like message that that sends to everybody, because they don't know that Allie, they, they're not confident that Allie's changed. Right. You know, they're not that sure that they want to be friends with her still. So publicly making a like show of support, like they very much want to, you know, like disappear into the wall or like yeah. have the floor swallow them up. Like they don't want to be here doing this, but they can't figure out a way out of it that isn't like a definitive cutting of ties with Allie, mm-hmm. which they're also not ready for. Yeah. Um, also Spencer has a bad wig. Yeah. It's not as bad as Hannah's wig from season four, but, but it's still it's, not good. It's still bad. Um, uh, there's some, a few scenes of like Lucas and Mona kind of like together and like looking at each other, like, you know, whatever. And I just, I love the Lucas and Mona Alliance. I wish we had more of it. Yeah. I, I love any time 
we get it in the first secret, like Jenna and Mona meet. I just love any time it's like a meeting of the villains in Pretty Little Liars. Mm-hmm. It's so fun. Okay, let's talk about Allie's manipulation here. Yeah. Are we talking about Paige? Yeah. Okay. Well, Paige and then everything. Paige after that. and then yeah. Let's. That's what I wanted to go to next. So. Uh, Allie gives Paige the fakest apology. Mm-hmm. She literally at one point says, I put other people down to feel better about myself. Oh, I quoted it. Yeah. I put people down to feel better about myself. That's what she says. Yeah, which is the most, like, I've done no introspection. And, like, I, and that's what I wanted to talk cutter. about. Like, I, that's just, like, not true. Yeah, like, that was not, not I do not think that that was a significant, a significant part, part of, of her motives. Of why she treated people the way no. she did. Um, so then I guess, like, they, they end that conversation and uh, Paige leaves. Mm-hmm. Now Emily and Allison are left in Emily's room. And Allison, like, wants to stay later because, like, I guess her dad's gone. And, like, she just doesn't want to go home to an empty house. Um, and Supposedly. Supposedly, yeah. And anyways, like, Emily's like, well, I, I actually plans. have plans. And Allison's like, oh, can I come? And Emily's like, well... It's with Paige. Like, yeah, I invited already invited Paige. Paige. And so Emily's like, oh, okay, I'll just hang out here or whatever. Yeah. Like, but oh, then, like, yeah. Is it then, okay if I hang out here? Yeah. For a while then, as she sits on the bed. Yeah. But then as Emily is leaving, Alice, leaving to go hang out with Paige, Allison kind of stops her and is like, you know, I owe you an apology too. Like, those kisses that we had, like, those weren't just practice for me. Yeah, like, I let you think that, you, you know, the feelings were entirely one-sided. Yeah. That wasn't true. And I just think that that's so manipulative. First of all, Allie has been back for episodes now. Yeah. Never once apologized, really, mm-hmm. from what I can remember, to Emily or anyone. Um, and, but now, when she, like, sees Emily hanging out, potentially, like, this is, Paige is an ex of hers at this point, mm-hmm. like, so there's, like, history there. Yeah. Like, she's threatened by that, and she is trying to reel Emily's feeling, like, to, yeah. to direct Emily's feelings back onto herself. Yeah, well, in all of this episode is Allie trying to get everyone on her side. Yeah. And so, you know, she's done what she can, I think, in terms of Paige. She's like, I've done what I can to, you know, probably not going to fully get her on my side, but I've done what I can but all of that was mostly about getting Emily on her side. Apologizing exactly. to Paige was about Emily. And first, I, in my memory, when I was watching this, I was thinking like, Ugh, and then Emily immediately cancels her plans and like, and then she doesn't. And I was like, that's right. Oh yeah, no. She doesn't. And I was like, so proud of Emily with that, that like, she, she's skeptical. She's like, why are you telling me this now? Mm-hmm. She and clocks that. She absolutely clocks that. And then, um, after they've like had they've like made out and stuff, and then the th- the Mona video thing mm-hmm. happens, yeah, uh, and the girls are mad at her. Allie, at, the girls all confront her, and then Allie goes to Emily. You know, it, it, she's in Emily's room, and she Emily's upset. Tries to kiss her. She to tries like to make kiss it her, and Emily pulls back and is like, again, immediately clocks the manipulation mm-hmm. that's happening. And yeah. does not trust Allie. And it so, shows so much character growth from Emily. Yeah. And I think it really speaks to what we talked about. I know we talked about this in The Perfectionist. We talked about it in Emily, in Emily's episode. We've talked about this before. Why it just, why they would never work out. Yeah. And, and I because, think that we undercut this growth from Emily a bit in trying to redeem Allie. Because agreed, then yeah. Emily becomes very much wrapped around Allie's finger in a yeah. way again. Yeah. But we're supposed to think it's okay this time. It's not... 
Allie's not trying to manipulate her or anything this time. It's more genuine. And it's yeah. like, but it looks a lot like it did before. Mm-hmm. Like, and this is why these two can't be together. Yeah. Um, I want to go back, though, briefly yeah. to the, the showdown with Mona and the murder charge. Yes. So Allie's leaving Emily's house eventually, I guess. And she's walking and she starts being followed. And, you know, to, to like, find safety from this thing, this car that's following her, mm-hmm. she runs into the murder church. I, I, that's not what I would do, but okay. Yeah. Um, but whatever. And in that murder church, she runs into Mona. Mona's there and they're, like, they have a little confrontation. And um, I think that, I think this is when we see, like, kind of the facade that Allie has been putting on drop a little. Mm-hmm. Like, she's been putting on this, like, evolved change like, yes. better person image for most of the season but then when she gets then backed when into a corner backed into a corner with mona she is back to kind of her old self in some ways yeah um watching Allie in this scene is like trying to stare directly into the sun <laughs> wow. it's it's incredible. You you just can't quite look directly at it. It's a little bit overwhelming. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. Um, definitely. And then I just, like, want to talk briefly about, like, so Allie kind of confronts Mona. She's like, and you're suddenly the victim of what, yeah. Mona? Like, you tortured those girls. Or I don't know if yeah. she says torture, but you, whatever. For for years. Mm-hmm. You blah, almost blah, blah. killed Hannah. And you almost killed Hannah. And then Mona says... And no one feels worse about that that than I do. Yeah, who would? Yeah, who? She would says it feel as though, worse about that. Look, we are all we all have our our responsibility <laughs> in what happened to Hannah, and I feel the worst about it. Yeah, no, like, no, Mona, you're the only one that should feel responsible. Yeah, you're the one that hit her with her car with your car. Yeah, um, I love that line. I love that so much. And then they and slap the each other. Say I'm all better now. Yeah. Then they slap each other with some vicious slaps. If like, oh yeah. If uh, Allie's slap draws blood. Yeah, she's got the like ring on. Yeah. Um. Then the next day in school, Mona like I guess had been recording that, and she it's a very clearly edited video. She edits still, out her like, slap, but she recorded it and it was showing everybody at school. Yeah. And everybody's upset, obviously, because you know. Allie's calling people losers again and like you can clearly see like you can that see she she's has not changed. changed. The liars are mostly upset that she lied about because yeah. to them like and that's what Allie doesn't get is that like for them now like trust is yeah the only thing that matters. Mm-hmm. Like you can kill someone, you do whatever you want, do whatever you got to do. You tell the truth about it to us though. Yeah. And Allie doesn't understand that. I also think, despite how incredible Allie's display is that night, the fact that then the next day Mona one-ups her and beats her at it mm-hmm. is, I also think, a testament to the fact that the game has changed and since Allie was this involved. We get a stare at the end of that scene. Mm-hmm. A classic Allie stare. Mm-hmm. It's so good. I just You just need to go watch it. Yeah. Like, it's, oh, it's so good. But but I I think that it's a testament though to the fact that like the game has evolved since yeah. Allie was this involved. She hasn't and been Allie this involved, that. and she she's learning that. Yeah, like she like the bo- the level of bullying that we're at is in the stratosphere mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Um. One other thing before we move on, the, one of the big reveals that you didn't mention at the beginning, mm-hmm. Jenna knows Sydney. Oh yeah, that happens. Yeah. Like this. 
guys, and again, this episode is jam packed. I, if you're looking for an icon, I think yeah. this one go, goes under the radar a lot because there's other ones, right? There's yeah. Halloween Train. There's the Dollhouse. There's some really so many iconic episodes. I think this one doesn't get the credit it deserves. This is such an episode, guys. Yes. It is jam packed from start to finish. There's so many good reveals. Everybody's having like really interesting stories. Also on Sydney Driscoll, mm-hmm. it's established like she wasn't dating Jenna. No, at any point. Sydney Driscoll is just a messy bitch that loves drama. She wants I to know can't all the tea and to Sydney be involved. Driscoll come up, Sydney Driscoll to come up in our character. Sydney Driscoll is just so interesting. <laughs> Why? <laughs> what is she doing? The way that she inserts herself—it's crazy. It, yeah, ill-advised. To be yeah. honest, she did not need to get involved in all this. Yeah, she made a mistake. <laughs> But, you know, I think that we can all really relate to that because who doesn't make a mistake when they just want the gossip, you know? Yeah. Uh, one quick honorable mention before we move on to the last episode. I want to give an honorable mention to what I'm going to affectionately call the Thanksgiving episode of Pretty oh, Little yes. Liars, which is season five, episode 12, taking this one to the grave, which is the episode in which Mona is killed. Or is she? She's yes. not. Um we didn't include it because it, it didn't come out on Thanksgiving. So, like, it, it wasn't really, like, a special Thanksgiving episode. But for me, And also, is. we just had so many episodes. Yeah, this is already going to be so <laughs> This is going to be a really long episode, guys. Sorry. Um, but anyways, the last one, How the A Stole Christmas, season five, six, five? Season five, episode 13. Yes, episode 13. Sorry. Uh, written by Kyle Brown and I, Marlene King. Directed by I, Marlene King. Aired December 9th, 2014. Yep. And this episode takes place a month after the previous episode where Mona dies. So mm-hmm. we really go from she's dead on Thanksgiving and yeah. then we jump ahead to Christmas. We fit most of the show in between Halloween and Thanksgiving of yeah. their senior year. And then we skip, skip from Thanksgiving to Christmas. Yeah. Um, they're all walking down Main Street. We didn't have to kill Mona on Thanksgiving. Like we could have spread this out more. Yeah, we could have. <laughs> uh, but Hannah. Mona's lawyer finds, or who we're told is Mona's lawyer, mm-hmm. finds them and gives a drawing of Allie's house and a note, I think, to Hannah. Um, you know, on his instructions supposedly, allegedly, were uh, 30 days after her demise, he was meant to deliver this to her. Yeah. And the note is very clearly meant to, one, frame Allie, but two, I think also sort of, it, it in the in the letter mona quote unquote tells hannah like don't ever give up like you you're you're gonna you can beat her or whatever like clearly trying to like get these girls like yeah keep going because that's what a wants right this is all dependent on them making bad decisions and this letter is clearly trying to push them to do that also in this scene or like right before or after uh aria gives some money uh, yeah sorry what so Arya gives like probably change to to a Santa, a Santa Salvation Army type Santa. He gives her a full snow In exchange globe. For a snow globe? Yeah, I've never exchanged. But maybe there's a candy cane. You well, know? yeah, but I mean, obviously the snow globe is something that a a put them in the snow globe. Like, yeah, it is like from a, but it's like. And she should be. She should have been taken aback by the fact that the Santa was giving her. Yeah, they were. They none of them were confused by that. It seemed like a mutual exchange that we all knew. Yeah, I'm going to give you this. As we all know, you give a Santa money, the Santa gives you a snow globe. (laughs) That old tale. Um, Yeah, so weird. Uh, 
And yeah, we'll talk about that again because we're planning an episode at some point about snow globes. <laughs> yeah, I have one other thing about Hannah in this episode. Yeah. Until before we get to like the ice dance, ice, ice ball. Yeah. Uh, her and Caleb are like volunteering at the church as like elves. Mm-hmm. And she, Hannah says one of the most unhinged thing I think you could say yep. to a child. Uh-huh. The child, it's like, this is like the alley stand-in. She's, she's telling like bullying. off the mean girl yeah, she's, who's bullying she's a girl for being deaf. And she says to this, again, approximately 11-year-old girl in Rosewood, bitches get buried. <laughs> That's a crazy thing to <laughs> say a to a child. crazy thing to say to a child. Like, even if that child is a bully, even if you're, you know, basically she was trying to say, like, oh, like, be nice. Yeah. Fine. Good message, Hannah. But you ended Maybe up by telling her, her that... Bitches get, in Rosewood get buried. Get buried. Which okay. is accurate. It seems like a threat. But yeah. Also, I feel like that whole scene, it was almost like it was like a PSA that they decided they needed to do. At, like the showrunners or the executives, they were like, guys, I think we've made bullying look too cool. <laughs> we yeah. need to have like a little PSA yeah. in our Christmas episode. Yeah, totally. To let the kids know, hey guys, don't do this stuff. Yeah. Maybe Rugrats should have done that. Yeah. <laughs> because we... Here's some family lore. Haley and I, when we were like really little kids, like very Very young, we were for a period of time not allowed to watch Rugrats because we were mimicking Angelica. (laughs) (laughs) We were a little bit mean. It's honestly so good that Pretty Little Liars didn't come out when we were younger. (laughs) We would have been monsters. Oh, yeah, for sure. (laughs) Anyways, uh, next, Spencer. So We're allowed to watch Rugrats now. (laughs) Yeah, guys, our parents let us watch it. Um, so Spencer she in this episode she was recently arrested for Bethany's murder she says something that I think is interesting kind of an interesting play on that hope breeds eternal misery she says hope is a a dirty four letter word Um, oh her and Toby are exchanging gestures Gestures. for Christmas Mm -hmm. and And she dresses up in like a sexy Mrs. Claus Santa type outfit that's cool yeah We'll talk about the other gesture later. Yeah. Um, to- oh, Toby's leg is broken. We had him get in a car accident and break his leg so that we could make a rear window reference yeah. in this episode, yeah. which is the greatest thing we've ever done. And I'm so <laughs> yeah, glad it happened exactly. to Toby. And Toby's glad always to Toby. getting in car accidents. Toby can't drive. Toby cannot drive. And Do not let this man behind the wheel of a fucking car. But here's the thing about Toby's accidents. One of them I know was caused by egg. He comes out unscathed. Mm-hmm. All of the other ones... Not caused by A, as far as we know. Yeah. And in Toby the, and, just can't and in drive. One of them, in one of them, he breaks his leg. Mm-hmm. And in the other one, his wife dies. Yeah. <laughs> the one that A caused, he was fine. Yeah. Because didn't, like, A, like, cut his brake lines or something? In, yeah. Well, then he something. also had the motorcycle accident. There was the motorcycle accident. But and we don't know what injuries Toby's may have resulted. such a bad from. driver. He's, guys... Toby's a really bad driver. He really have his license suspended or it, something. Yeah. Uh, and then she, uh, at the end of the episode, after we kind of like, uh, maybe this is jumping ahead, so maybe I won't say it actually. Um, so Emily. Uh, Emily and Aria are both doing, they, they all have their separate like Christmas activities that they do before we have Allie's ice ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and Emily and Aria are actually doing kind of the same one. Aria's handing out cookies and Emily is performing with a choir, like Christmas carols for old people. Old people that they've forced to come to the school yeah, to like, see these. Yeah, like, they didn't go to a retirement no. home. The The retirement home had to load up their bus <laughs> full of old people, bring them to the high school. Yeah. 
Yeah. And to to have <laughs> the choir to yeah, perform for them in the cafeteria. And I just noticed the like the front row of this choir. And so I just wanted to this is the order left to right of this choir. Paige and Emily holding hands in a really like they're like really enthusiastically holding their hands. Like they're singing with their hands held. It's weird. Anyways, watch yeah. it. Um, so it's Paige, then Emily, then Lucas, front and center, then Sydney, then Jenna. And I was watching that and I was like, I think this is my nightmare blunt rotation. <laughs> yeah. I can't think of a worse group of people. No. That's terrible. Individually, I don't think it would be that bad. There's yeah. some of them I wouldn't want to deal with, but together, miserable. Oh, terrible. Um, the big thing with Paige, though, in this episode is her parents want her to move to California. Yeah. Best um, parents of the show. Yeah. That's the smartest thing any parent has ever done on the show. Yeah. Um, Aria is giving out cookies at this event. Ezra's also there and I believe is a teacher at this school at this point, but mm-hmm. feels inappropriate to give her her Christmas present at school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um, it's a dress, which is also weird. Yeah. Allison sees the ghost of Jessica. Or is it Mary? I think I'm just, I think, I it, think it is, is a, a ghost, ghost. Because, yeah. because Mona, because right. that's the funny thing is like, this could be them fucking with her because Mona's also not dead. And yeah. then Jessica has a twin. But ultimately, I think Mona, Mona's been kidnapped at this point. She would have taken this chance to escape. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Cause, because she's having, Allie is, what I appreciate though about this. Allie is having a little bit of a Christmas Carol moment um, with Mona, with Mona, right? Like Mona is like trying to show Allie like the errors of her way or whatnot. But what I appreciate about this, but that not many other TV shows who have tried to do this type of Christmas episode have done is they really just kept it to the beginning and the end. Yeah. They they didn't didn't overdo it. it. They did not force us to watch that because I actually hate that. Yeah. Um, when I've seen it in other shows, even shows I love, like there's an episode of psych where this, this kind of like trope happens. And I just don't love that episode. It's just not that fun. Um, so yeah. So I think like they used it the right amount. They used it the exact right amount. We have Mona in the beginning. We get Mona at the end. Like it's not a big heavy handed thing. Yeah. Um, We get, oh, this is when we, and her kind of, like, Mona stuff, like, she gets the, she has this dream of when she's gaslit by Jessica. Mm-hmm. There's only one dress. You found, found one, one yellow, yellow dress. Um, this is when she finds two yellow dresses hidden, hidden in the, the piano. piano. Bad hiding place, Jessica. Yeah. And is like, why are there two? Which is so uncharacteristic, uncharacteristic yeah. of Jessica. Yeah. And obviously one's for Charlotte and one was for Allie because she dressed them alike. Mm-hmm. Weird. Um, well, yeah, that's the thing that doesn't make sense. So Ken cannot know about the second dress, right? Right. What's the reason for having to buy them the same clothes? Jessica. Je- Jessica just she just wants Jessica to. just doesn't care enough about Charlotte to buy her her own clothes. She's like, look, if I'm getting something for Allie, mm-hmm. I'll get us, you know, size up and get you one too. I also could like see what, a, I could see a scenario though where you know Charlotte's having these this like gender dysphoria. She's trapped in this place. Like mm-hmm. I could see that maybe Charlotte likes to match her sister. Yeah. You know? Or I mean, I could also see like let's say uh, Ken finds. 
not both at the same time, but like he finds one, you know, let's say pink cardigan mm-hmm. and he and he's like oh but then he sees Allie wearing a pink cardigan like he's not going to question it I guess oh, that makes point, sense yeah. um don't hide them next to each other though yeah that's silly that's silly Jessica. um yep so and then like the big thing with Allie though this episode is she's throwing an ice ball as one does yes as you do as a teenager just throw an ice ball a teenager whose mother is dead father is absent you yeah. throw a really well planned and organized event. Yeah, uh, she's beautiful, exceptional. She's very good at this. Um, okay, so let's get to the ice ball. Yeah. So at the ice ball, Lucas is dressed as Santa. Um, that's a few Santas. The when so the, all the girls look stunning. All the girls look stunning. They're working with Lucas because mm-hmm. like their whole thing is they need to make sure that like Allie stays at the dance because they're going to go search her house. Right. When Spencer goes to talk to Lucas, she sits oh, when they when they anytime that they need to talk to Lucas because he's Santa. For whatever they have reason, to go sit on his lap. But sorry, let's actually talk about this for a second. This is something I didn't think about. Yeah, this is an ice ball for teenagers. Mm-hmm. Why is Santa having people sit on his lap? Oh yeah, it's really like, creepy. Who is this for? Lucas. <laughs> Like, but why is there a line? Like, uh, yeah. why are there people? Why are people lining up to sit on Lucas's lap? These are teenagers and above. Like, this I think is like something that maybe like the junior league type of thing. Yeah, I mean, it seems to be like a photo op thing. Yeah, so it's but like, why oh, sit on Santa's lap? But I don't know. I don't. I, I yeah. never felt the, the need to get sitting a photo on, with Santa. Sitting on Santa's lap is usually a child thing. Yeah. Yeah. But the tone of the conversation between Spencer and Lucas in particular is wild. Yeah. I can't describe it. You got to watch the scene. I know it's, I guess it's my job in this podcast to describe these things. I can't. No, I can't. You got to watch it. It's super weird. Um. So also Holden is there dressed as Santa. Yes. Dirtbag Santa. Scumbag Santa. Scum- Did we say scumbag or dirtbag? Either works. Either works. Both are apt. Um, oh, he says this thing to Aria. He likes, like, Aria looks good. They all look good. And he, like, basically is, like, telling her he looks good. And he says, tell Ezra he has good taste. <laughs> That's so disgusting. That's a so cop. Disgusting. That's a state cop. Yeah. Anyways. Um, and then the one thing we need to talk about before we get to Hannah and Spencer searching Allie's house is Allie's entrance. So yeah. Allie has new minions. She's got... She's flanked by two new, like, on each side, two new people yeah. wearing masks. Yeah. Weird. Um, and I Allie think it's a masquerade ball. Not but, every, not, most people aren't wearing, and some people are, some people aren't. It's yeah. very, anyways. Um, a masquerade optional. And Allie makes her descent into this party to fight song. Yeah. Which is a moment that, like, if this were, like, the choice of, like, the music department, like, oh, this is the song we're going to put over the scene, I would hate. But because it's clearly diegetic mm-hmm. and this is the song Allie chose to watch, I love it. Yeah, it's so good. Um, also, this her minions. song. <laughs> Take back my life. We don't have time for this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we just truly don't. We've been <laughs> recording for two hours and 15 minutes. Um, Allie's minions. Yeah. It's revealed are Jenna and Sydney. Uh-huh. And Cindy and Mindy. Yeah. Super embarrassing for Allie that she had to resort to the gay rons for her yeah. entourage. That's, yeah, that's embarrassing. She's she's almost at bottom. She's yeah. She's not quite at rock bottom, but she's she not been is. arrested yet. But she's on her way. Yeah. Um. Okay. Now let's get to Hannah and Spencer, who are they? As soon as Allie gets there, they're out. 
They're searching. Yeah. They're they're supposed to be searching Allie's house for clues. Um, one my one note is I think the De Laurentis's need to get new windows. Yeah. Oh, they're frosted to hell. <laughs> Those windows must be original to this house, and this house must be from the early 1900s. There's frost all over these windows. That house must be freezing. There's no yeah. insulation. Terribly they're spending insulated. a fortune heating that house. Yeah. Um, Toby's over in Spencer's room doing his rear window shtick, like keeping yes. an eye on. Ha- he's keeping an eye on um the house on on Allie or, or on Allie's house, right? Yeah, on, through the windows, through just the windows. like making sure that yeah. nobody comes into the house, like that kind of thing. Um, so there's some clues that we find or see yes. in this house, in this search that mostly yeah. found by, um, Hannah. Yeah. Found in the attic. Yeah. So yeah. one is something that has the name Holly Varjak. Was it like a receipt? I can't remember. I didn't write it down. I think it might've been an ID or a passport. Or yeah. Something. Oh, it's a passport. It's right. a passport. It's a passport for Ho- Holly Varjak. Uh, and that's interesting because we later on have the whole Varjak yeah, but clues. we find out that all of these clues that they found in Allie's house were planted. Yeah. Then we have Allie is talking through personal ads to someone. We get to see Allie's archery award, which comes back in her trial, mm-hmm. which is fun. Um, then there's the jack-in-the-box. Um, Hannah finds something that indicate like, that it's like a note or something that mm-hmm. to go, it's written somewhere, Mad Hatter. She interprets that like yes. they're looking hat boxes. boxes. But so I love that boxes in that ad. I love that as like maybe a a little Jenna red herring for her yeah. Mad Hatter party, <laughs> which is Jenna's one of my favorite Hatter things. Party. And what she finds, but what she finds in the in the in the hat box is the smoking gun. It's a letter from Bethany to Allie, mm-hmm. and it indicates that Allie had invited Bethany to, I guess Rosewood for Labor Day. Yeah, and that's when they're like, "We're good, we got it," and then. Mm-hmm. A shows up and there A's in the house and yeah, Spencer's hiding. They get out though and it's Hannah fine. left her phone in the living room so they can't get a hold of her to let her know that A's walking around with a knife. Listen, these girls Hannah's need to invest in earpieces. Yeah, but in Hannah's defense, mm-hmm. she was wearing a, a gown. Yeah, that's fair. Pockets. That's fair. Which is why I'm saying earpieces. I like the number be, of times these yeah. girls would have been saved by earpieces. Oh, so many times, so many times. Um, also, I want to talk about the the Mad Hatter thing just for a second. The note, the Mad Hatter clue note that's supposed to tell you to look in the hat box is better hidden mm-hmm. than the like letter that's hidden in the hat box. Yeah, the clue to find the thing is better hidden than the thing itself. Yeah, no, it's weird. Yeah. Anyways. Um, but yeah, so they got this note and they get out of the house. Again, all of that fake. Relatively unscathed. Hannah's knocked out by A for a minute, but, um, yeah, she's fine. Uh. such a a pet peeve of mine in shows because you don't just get knocked unconscious. You really don't. If you lose, if you get hit hard enough to lose consciousness, consciousness, that's a serious injury. (laughs) Yeah, that's like, you're you're not doing well. Yeah, that's the end of your day. Yeah. Like. You go to you go to you, bed. You yeah. Well, don't actually. Oh right. <laughs> go to the go hospital. To hospital. <laughs> uh, definitely do not sleep yeah. right away after a brain injury. Um. Anyways, everybody's riding high, right? We're having. Yeah. We're they're all stuck here because of some snowstorm. So they're all stuck at Spencer's. No parents. Um. And everybody is riding high on this letter that they found. Yeah. Um. And they have like a Christmas meal and. We get the cursed Christmas gesture. You know what we're talking about. If you've seen the show, you know what we're talking about. More commonly known as the Christmas orgy. Yeah. 
Because that's the only thing that I can assume happens after. The, all the liars are down in the living room. Sorry, this I know this is traumatic for a lot of people to hear again. Um, all the liars are down in the living room, and the, all the significant others the significant come others and line up down, on the staircase, walk down and line up on the staircase, and they're all in Santa boxers. Damn. The men shirtless. The men are shirtless. Paige with As a white, like white tank top on. Uh, the oh my god. Like Ezra is shirtless. Ezra is their English teacher. Ezra is their English teacher. He's their English teacher. But also, and I never forget. And people let Toby off the hook for this. This is clearly Toby's doing. This is Toby's gesture. Toby's gesture to Spencer. This was Toby's idea, and we should not let him off the hook for that. We shouldn't. He should have been canceled for that. Yeah. Um. And also, guys, I just need every. I know everybody knows this, but for whatever reason, Toby thinks that a gesture is just dressing up as santa yeah like toby i don't think that you understood what spencer spencer's gesture was like christmas sex yeah a a slightly kinky you know teenagers christmas sex not Not just wearing this costume for you yeah and also it's like he just did what she did but but included more people which then again Unless we had an orgy after, unless Toby's gesture was, I organized an orgy with all of our friends. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. know what, or they all went off into separate rooms and had sex. Like, I don't think that sex like was to had. Think about it. I don't like to think about Not it either. Let's move on. Anyways, let's talk about the A message at the end. Yeah, there's a there's a good A message at the end. They all, I think they're having their Christmas dinner in the living room, and it's like very great. Whatever. Yeah, picturesque. Then they all like go outside. Why? Because it's snowing. It's snowing, or they hear but something. But it's been snowing. I think it's, they hear something. Okay, Anyways. they hear something. They go outside, and there's a a, a like Christmas, Christmas tree, tree lights lit up. up. Yeah. They're like, "Oh my god, who did this?" Which is like, guys, there's absolutely no way any of you snuck out and secretly yeah. did this. Like, this you is actually know. hours of work. Yeah, it's a massive tree. It's massive. Anyways, it's crazy that A managed this. Yeah. So the Christmas tree is lit up, but then there's some letters, there's some writing on the barn in and Christmas lights that light up that it says, Merry Christmas, Christmas bitches, bitches, A. Incredible, right? So cool. Yeah. Um, Here's the biggest aspect to me of this prank. They have to clean this up. Oh, yeah. They're going to now, they now have to spend hours taking I down mean, lights. They can leave the Christmas tree up. They can leave the Christmas tree up. They gotta take down. They gotta that, take, they, they at least have to take down A and bitches. Mm-hmm. They could leave up Merry Christmas, I guess. Yeah. The, the yeah. bitches and the A's gotta go. Yeah. And it just made me think about, I think that the best way, because I don't have a lot of secrets, you know? I don't have secrets that somebody could really torture exactly me with. exactly what someone with a lot of secrets would mm-hmm. say. But I think a really effective way, if somebody did want to A me, mm-hmm. be, be an A for me, mm-hmm. would be to just create messes that I have to clean up in a hurry. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, that's a nightmare. Can you imagine it's someone not- just following you around, basically, <laughs> creating like things like this that you just have you're like great this is my night now my night now is taking down these fucking christmas lights Uh that nobody finds yeah um one other important thing about this before we wrap it up is before while they're all having their christmas dinner we see Allie outside of spencer's house like Mm -hmm. you know longingly gazing on this happy family yeah inside she wasn't invited to the orgy but then we see 
these lights. So there is a very clear implication that yeah. like they're still trying to make us think Allie yeah. is a. At the very least, Allie should have seen the people setting up the lights because again, yeah. hours of work. Yeah, for sure. Do you like the idea that they leave the tree up though, and then like Spencer's parents get home and they're like, "Did you Dude. decorate the tree outside?" She's like, "Oh yeah," and they're like, "Where'd you get the lights?" She <laughs> went to the store. Yeah, so it's just like an insane. Like imagine like you come home to your seventeen-year-old who got trapped at home on Christmas. Where'd you get or the 18? ladder? Yeah, where'd you get the like? Because I would have so many questions. Talking, this is a tree. It's not. This is as... professional. Professionals were hired to do this tree. Yeah. That this is not an amateur tree decorating. Yeah, and I'm not saying this is like the size of the Rockefeller Center tree, but no. like it's like more it's like cool that than that it, it is, is like your home Christmas tree. <laughs> yeah, like this like, is, is a large a outdoor tree, tree. and they ha- that's a special ladder. That's like a lift. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I actually. <laughs> Well, they were inside. If if Toby hadn't organized this orgy, they would have figured out that there was something happening outside, but they were so distracted. <laughs> You're right. Because that, that had to have required a lift. I don't think there are ladders that could, yeah. reach, that could reach that tall. No. Somebody was in here in like a cherry picker. Yeah. Setting up this tree. I may missed it. Anyways, that's a very special episode. It's a long one. Sorry, yeah, guys. Hopefully, there's a lot that worked. But we you know, also, you have you have we a went few weeks. pretty quickly. You have a few weeks to yeah. listen to it, so you can. <laughs> we wanted to leave you guys a nice long one before we're we're out for like four weeks. Yeah, um, yeah. But anyways, uh, as per usual, do all of the things with podcasts like leaving like liking them. I guess you can like it on rate it on Spotify, rate it and review on Apple Music. Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. That's what it's called. Yeah. Um, send us emails. Send us emails. Follow us on TikTok. Instagram. Yeah. Um, we, we've started. Tell, share with your friends. Yeah. We've started to get some more listens. Yeah. Which is exciting. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully these are people that are like coming back and listening to more episodes and it's not just we got a bunch of people that listen to one episode and we're like, mm, not for me. Yeah. <laughs> which is always possible. <laughs> Um, I hope that it is somebody who has decided to be an A for us. Yeah. And yeah. is now listening to it religiously for like clues. Trying to get clues to figure out exactly who we are so that they can start stalking yeah. us. Yeah. Game on. Yep. <laughs> Game on, bitches. <laughs> uh, anyways. Cheerio, sister. Cheerio, sister. This is my fight.